International. Hi, this is Mo. Yeah, monsters. This takes ruined. Ruined. Oh, what life is a toilet? An unflushed toilet. You gotta keep that. Hi, my name is Mac Blake, and I'm gonna be the guest on today's Leading the Blind podcast. I'm Austin's hottest comedian. Listen to me talk about going from open mic to a show I made myself. If you're listening for how to get successful in comedy, there's other podcasts. <laughs> but if you want to talk, have me listen to me distract myself and answer questions that were not asked, guess what? Here comes two hours of Leading the Blind with Jared and Ariel. <laughs> and the introduction of the new Leading the Blind puppet, Blindy. He can't see. Oh, okay. Oh. Or acai. Wait, yeah. wait. They just have the, I'm going with a kai. They have the, yeah. That's the my flavor of a superfood, but none of the nutrition? Is that yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry for that sweet is, flavor. Is it really, though? Hold yeah. on. It says it right next to it. I know, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't have any at all. Nope. Wow. Probably not. Nope. Is that just like a Red Bull? Yeah. It's oh, okay. a Red Bull, oh, yeah. but it's purple. It's dyed purple. For some reason, I never really took to coffee. And so for caffeine, I would drink Red Bull. And then I got Rather. to where I like... Um, Stockholm Syndrome, you like the taste of it. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like, why don't I mix it up? I think you're probably better. This shit is rotting the tea. Mix it up and get head. the purple. That's the first person who ever said, I'm better of drinking coffee. Like, <laughs> there's no way that's true. Well, it's not good for you. What? Like, it really isn't. Coffee? What? Well, like the amount of caffeine that I drink. Well, not how much you drink. And that, well, the other thing is taking. I'm, I wasn't exaggerating. Like it's astringent and it's fucking my teeth up. Yeah, but the rest of us just drink like one coffee in the morning and then rinse our mouths out. With, the, oh, the rest of us, the Mormons. Here's the thing. I no. don't know what to do. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, <laughs> signed Tom Lyle Spider-Man print over there. Is that who signed it? Yes. Who's Tom Lyle? I don't know who signed it. My brother gave it. He's like a 90s Spider-Man artist. That is a deep cut. Uh, I was just recently rereading some really bad... Historical fiction. 90s Spider-Man comic. What uh, what was the story? Clone saga? It was a clone saga, yeah. It was on sale at... uh, You're not the only one that knows about (laughs) deep cut. No, no. (laughs) Comicsology, (laughs) the comic book iTunes. I feel so left out of so many jokes that people tell all so, the time because so I don't know about comics. The weird thing about that is that the Clone Saga was like widely regarded as like an awful story or uh, yeah. what have you. Uh, but it also, I don't know, we're about the same age, right? Uh, how old are you? Um, 34. Well, I'm 36. 33, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, roughly the same age. But, uh, but yeah, so that was, that was the comics that we grew up on. So mm-hmm. that was like, yeah, I was into this character, uh, Thunderstrike that was like a yeah, poor, yeah. <laughs> I know Thunderstrike it couldn't have been a more poorly designed character but it, it got yeah. me right in the heart so. it, it was, this is weird I have a friend who's a, a huge fan of the Ben Riley. so there was a storyline I, I swear this will be short yeah. where uh, back in like the 80s or something where Spider-Man had a clone briefly and then this clone died and then these comic book writers these four uh, weird dudes one of them who's like a creepy Republican now was like what if Spider-Man's clone was the real one and the Spider-Man you've been liking all the time is a clone. 
and this real Spider-Man just came back and now he's blonde or something. And it's like, <laughs> nobody wanted it. They had to make him blonde just so you could tell the difference tell. between the two. Yeah, exactly. What was the, who became a Republican? Uh, I think Howard Mackey is ah. a kind of a creepy writer now. Okay. Wait, am I thinking of the right guy? Maybe no, a lot of, of those people. Like Frank Miller is also like a fascist kind of dude. I, yeah. Frank Miller, I think, just started like, he's like, when I write Batman, I think of me now. Yeah. That's, like, <laughs> That's pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know anything you, about him other than that one quote. If, if so, you, yeah. <laughs> no, but if you saw him, you wouldn't be like, "Oh yeah, I could see that." Yeah, oh, he's like that. No, he's a little oh. wormy guy. He's he's like he's old and melted, and yeah, he's a, oh. he's a drinker. I, I channel so. myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a drinker. He just channels his uh, anger towards uh, people who he thinks needs to get a job. Oh, yeah. I don't, older white guy. Yeah, that doesn't Sorry, seem like Batman. You, you put a podcast microphone. You want to talk about comics? I don't know why. <laughs> you well, it, it was to be fair, like, yeah, right in front of your face. And uh, I'm an enabler. Triggered. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like if Spider-Man was looking at. They signed it like you can do it, kid. I'm like oh, maybe I can. I just, I've spent uh, and we can in the nerd stuff here. I've yep. spent about 16 hours the last like three days designing a comic book mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the for the for a message board, that's your, new, your new work people. schedule is really bringing out the best. <laughs> it is it's great. No, when I got that work schedule, I basically sit in front of a computer for twelve days, waiting for like four people a day to bring in laundry. Yeah, and I was like, I can do my game again. And yeah, so hey, would they let me work there like one day a week? Uh, probably not. Do you work yeah, at the same place Savarino works? Yeah. At? Yeah, old oh, okay. Nicky Sav's got me my job, and it's the best job I've ever had. In t- I mean, it, it doesn't pay. Nothing. It pays. Uh, well, I think that's what the it pays Bucky wages. That's what I about that. I think it's what every like comedian wants is a job where you can just sit in front of a computer and work on your own stuff all day. Yeah. yeah, and I put no time into joke writing. No, <laughs> it's like, all into like into comic, comic book stuff. Yeah, okay, but it's you got to have that like yeah, you know. Let me get the poison. It's out. nice to have <laughs> time to like do stuff that you're interested in, though. I do feel it's like it's not like goal oriented. Yeah, not yeah. so goal oriented. Yeah. There's yeah. that weird like well. If I had to talk about comedy, maybe we should. No, you can just talk about. I'll I'll put us you, back on my track. You are the biggest guy in this room. Wait, you did can say we, whatever you want. Did we already start recording. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Well, oh, okay. He, Ethan controls it. You tricked him. You did one of those <laughs> podcast <laughs> tricks where we're just going. This way, we get to see what he what part he thinks is interesting enough to cut mm. in. Oh, okay, fair enough. I hope we got rid of all the. Well, then I will, hopefully all that comic shit will be out. Yeah, all that anti-Semitic stuff you were saying. I hope he's probably. He's probably yeah, he, he, probably, he doesn't want to do it out of there. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to. That didn't. Nope. That joke didn't but even you, make sense. But you did it. <laughs> uh, That's staying in, though. Yeah, okay. Well, good, because I, you know, uh, I'm surprised the, you know, these media masters will let me. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, we'll just start then. I can't remember what we were even saying. Uh, I feel confident that you got a thing, though. Yeah, how long have you been doing comedy, Mac Blake? So there's no like intro. There's no. Well, we do like, a welcome. separate intro. Okay. Oh, yeah, and then we always are going to do your own intro. <laughs> We're going to make you do that. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on uh, Austin's most attractive jawline podcast. Thank you. Guys you are, so. That is really you're, sweet. You're just really rocking it. Noticing. No, yeah. seriously, cheekbones. You guys are doing great. I've, I would feel better if I didn't talk about my jawline on the stage. <laughs> but then I am. Yeah, do you? Yeah, but then I insult my teeth. So oh, it's like okay. bam, bam. Oh, true. I yeah. try not just to bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> look elsewhere like a diversionary that's why I have that puppet that's why I'm working on that, that attractive male puppet that I'm puppet like, bit yeah he's like a millennial and like he hasn't done JFL yet and failed at it so like, <laughs> maybe invite him to new well new, honestly new man puppets. we tried to get him 
He, he's oh, really, yeah. he's solid. He's really hard. Yeah. Uh, Greg's real busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greg the puppet. That's my. That's how creative I got with the puppet. Because he's from he's from the Bronx. From the Bronx. Oh. Yeah. I don't even know what that's like anymore. I know the Bronx in it's, the fifties because of the movies. No, it's still kind of. Shitty. In that vibe, yeah. It's, uh, it hasn't been gentrified. Dangerous. It's something where I uh, dated a girl whose dad lived in the Bronx. And uh, he was like, oh, I live in New York City. I was like, which part? And he'd go, the Bronx. Mm. <laughs> like, it was sort of like, well, like an I mean, apology. The yeah. least proud yeah. place. Yeah. I was like, All Well, right. Staten Island's not really proud. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I feel like Staten Island. Although some of that has been getting. Is like, that for different reasons, though? Because I'll tell you, yeah, let me tell you my bad of. stereotype and you tell me what's okay. accurate. So my the Bronx. Uh, Lot of uh, this is gonna be fun. A lot of dangerous characters. You get mugged all the time. You're buying drugs. Whereas sure. Staten Island, I thought of as like that. Maybe I'm thinking of Queens, but that it's like a nicer place. Still, still kind of douchey, but that it's like cleaned up and almost suburban. Yeah, right? yeah it's that become more of suburban. It used to be, uh, okay. yeah, kind of not, but yeah. I feel like my Staten Island stereotypes are: uh, you're either a member of the Wu Tang Clan, or <laughs> the only way out of there is either to join the Impractical Jokers. I think those are <laughs> the only two options for young daddies. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, you don't hear that people are from Staten Island very often. Yeah. That you're talking to yeah. elsewhere the world um yeah so how long have you been doing comedy oh boy um well i started uh doing live comedy mm -hmm. when uh, 2007 is when i started doing it um with any sort of like regularity what were you doing non-live say it again you said when you started oh. doing live comedy were you making like, videos at home well when i when i was in uh high school and stuff you know you'd mess around and make little videos and stuff like that but when i got to college I, I tried stand up a couple times and just never like kept doing it. But I also was doing I was doing like everything but like I was making like videos of my friends. Uh, I was I did have a comic strip in the school paper which led to a it just kept on going as a webcomic for a while. And then I was also uh, at a radio show on a local uh, nerd run station co op that uh, when we got booted off by some adult nerds we uh, <laughs> uh, we kept it going as a podcast so I was like doing all these like little other things but not doing stand up and then in 2007 I started doing uh, Master Pancake Theater which is a MST3K rip off Mystery Science Theater 3000 mm. in case anyone for the layman yeah, yeah for the, the the lay people out there yeah Okay, so cool, cool interview. Okay, so yeah. that's, when, right, that's when you started. Was, was that in Austin or San Antonio or what? Uh, Austin, yeah. I never really did anything in San Antonio. I oh. went to high school and middle school there, but that's about it. Oh, okay. Like, uh, I don't, it's funny when people as adults are like, hey, I'm going to go back. You're from San Antonio, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go back. There was like a cool place to hang out. I'm like, I don't know, the Target on <laughs> Bitters Road. That's where I yeah. spent a lot of time. Uh, so you started in 2007. You've been doing it for about 10 years then. And you've, so you've always lived in Austin while you're doing comedy. Yeah. I started stand up in like 2009. So. Oh, wait. So, oh, you were doing like sketch and improv stuff for 2000? Yeah. I was basically pretty much just doing like master pancake. Wow. And then in 2009, uh, I, what did I do? I quit my job and I did, it was going back to school. Oh, I had a job and, uh, it like it was a contract position and like I think I got finished in like um, April or something so my contract was up maybe it was earlier I don't remember and I started I was going to start school in the fall I mean it was May but it doesn't matter um, <laughs> and so I had this entire summer of like well I'm done with this job and I'm going to go back to school and so during that summer I just did as much like comedy as I could do like I started doing stand up uh, I had a sketch group that was kind of an offshoot of like 
the you know the group of friends I made videos with, and also some Master King, Master Pancake people. And then I also started, so I was doing sketch, and then I uh, started taking improv classes as well. I don't know if I already said that. So 2009 was like my I'm doing all these things, which is funny because people think that I have like a uh, improv background, like I'm an improv person that started doing stand up when I actually started all three at the same time pretty much yeah you'd been doing all kinds of comedy stuff your whole life and then you were like let's do all the comedy things that are available to me yeah I was like I'm 29 this seems like uh, I don't want to start too soon you know <laughs> yeah yeah well no that's comforting for me because I didn't really start stand up till I was 27 so you started at 29 yeah Bam. yeah in 2000 in 2009 and so it it feels like okay so you've been in Austin doing stand up for about eight years just purely doing stand-up mm-hmm. and now you've got an album recorded and you've got this ep and you are married and you have a house it seems like it seems like you've had a nice progression <laughs> but i'm still curious I'm, i don't know why I'm like, I'm I'm like where is this going I feel, well i'm always suspicious of any of any semblance of success and so i'm just curious oh well then don't no worries i yeah. have none <laughs> so you have a day job i do have a day job what, yeah. are, what are you doing uh i work uh, i do marketing copywriting so uh i'm just writing a bunch of um you know, material that is aimed at uh, people who buy, like, uh, servers and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that for about a year. I have a... It's sort of a... Something that kind of grew out of advertising, which I have a degree in. Ah. Uh, yeah. Which is... I don't know. Not the best, but... Um, Nothing is <laughs> for this job. But I like my current job. I like my yeah. current job a lot. When I say not the best, I mean, like, uh, creative advertising agency people there's I mean I don't, I don't know a percentage on it but some of them can be uh, kind of insufferable oh uh, you don't like your peers sometimes not yeah I mean I guess I don't I'm not a huge fan of the sort of uh, and this isn't everyone of course but the sort of uh, creative advertising sort of like bubble that I guess people live in where they're like I'm the most creative person in the world oh. like this guy and this was for like Leo Burnett like a huge agency uh, in Chicago where if people work for Leo Burnett they're like oh I'm like a advertising rock star and it's like well okay is that a kind of rock star yeah exactly <laughs> like this guy designed this billboard and the billboard had like a, uh, a stick coming out of it and at the end of the stick was a McDonald's logo and it was for McDonald's breakfast and they positioned it in such a way that when the sun hit it it would act like a sundial mm-hmm. and the billboard had a clock on it so you'd see the McDonald's logo appear on the billboard during the hours of McDonald's breakfast. That's amazing, right? Yeah, it's very creative. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're still selling burgers. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, you, I, it was an industry where you look up at something like that and you're like, this is everything you should want to be. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I feel That's like soul other crushing. creative pursuits. Yeah, exactly. I, I kind of get why in a certain way people would really want to do something like that though because it's like, oh, you get to be already and creative and express yourself but you're also successful. You get to make money. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, you don't have to like, you don't have to make that sacrifice which most of us kind of maybe And if you can make. convince yourself or well, I shouldn't say it that way but if you really feel fulfilled creatively mm-hmm. because you're doing, you know, smart and interesting things and you don't care that it's just selling burgers i yeah. guess that's cool no yeah i mean i'm not trying to like tread on someone's happiness but no it seems awful i mean i judge those people they seem soulless to me but you know maybe they're happy well i so i started doing comedy in the, like the beginning of summer 2009 and so i went to school in the fall i was in uh you know these like creative advertising classes and i think for most people in those classes this was their creative outlet mm-hmm. but i was doing comedy at the time and that's all i wanted to do yeah 
And so it was a thing where it's like, oh, I'm going to start grad school. I'm going to take it super serious. And I'm also going to start a hobby that will completely overshadow this career. And so, like, <laughs> yeah. um, but I still, I mean, I like it. I like my current job. There's a, uh, a problem solving aspect to language when you start getting into advertising and uh, that appeals to me. That and it's not like I, I haven't been able to have fun with my job. And uh, not that any of my current coworkers would get into this, but if they do, I like them. Well, I was going to say, do your coworkers think it's cool that you do comedy? They're they're sort of barely aware of it, and yeah. uh, I I'm happy with that. My last job, I had a boss who, uh, when he got on, he like found out that I did comedy because it was on my resume and stuff, and like people would introduce me that way. Mm-hmm. So I won the funniest person in Austin contest in 2013, and afterwards, um, this uh, shitty boss of mine. It was like the boss of the company would come in and he'd like be giving people tours and he'd be like, oh, this is Eric. This is a creative director. This is Brad, a creative director. Oh, this is Mac, funniest guy in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd, I'd be like, well, I don't. And then as soon as I'd open my mouth, he'd frown at me. And I'd be like, what do you want from me, jerk? Yeah, I, uh, I like so. that that's your psycho killer voice for that one <laughs> joke that you do for your boss. I feel like also that, that when they find out you you do comedy, yeah. nobody says like, oh, I didn't know you were funny. They're like, you're not funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Directly to that. But then I had a sort of a direct boss who was like inviting people to my shows and stuff. And was like trying to have me do like a comedy project at work and I just was not into it because it's like we don't think the same things are funny like you're not gonna want this and uh when I got laid off and a bunch of other people got laid off too he was just like by the way I don't think your heart was ever into this because I think you care more about comedy I was like you're the one who kept bringing it up in the fucking office (laughs) Um, which is because in the past I would like definitely separate those two and then for one job I was like yeah I'm a comedian I'll do some stuff and then uh, it didn't work out. So now I'm going, going back to like where I don't. That's your professional yeah. life. It didn't this work is out. This other professional life. Yeah. yeah. It didn't work out. Like the job just didn't work out, or it didn't work out. You having told them that you're a comic up top. Um, it didn't work out with this one particular boss. I had a, another boss who the guy who hired me, and that was great. And then uh, he got forced out, and so they brought in this other guy who has a background in the creative advertising industry, and. Uh, yeah, he, he wasn't, he was like the guy who was like a mega fan. Even after he fired me, he sent me an email like a month later. And it was just like, hey, just so you know, um, I really think you got a chance this comedy thing. <laughs> and I want you to know that uh, even though you may be a little bit mad at me, you got a fan for life in me. Aww. And I was like, well, thank does you. Does he come to your shows? Uh, I haven't seen him at a show. And uh, if <laughs> he ever does, life, huh? I'll tell you right now, David, you're getting kicked right out. Because <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> you can come to my shows, David. Um <laughs> is and, that how you make fans? And also by the hire way? me. Huh? Is that how you get fans? Is just how do I have get jobs? Fans? No, I'm saying to like a good method is get a job, get a job, and then get fired. have a weird ambivalent relationship with a person yeah. and get fired, and then that's a fan. One fan at a time. Yeah. I mean, that's one way. So, do you have uh, comedy career goals? You know what? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I. I'm not trying to. It's, it's a weird. It's kind of weird for me to be on this podcast That's in a great. way. Say Just, that. Say that a lot. We're we're looking. We're trying to do a compilation. Oh yeah, we're gonna of do the a, parts where comics are like, oh, I don't know. I shouldn't <laughs> say. I can't. How, well, what who am I, am I to give advice? <laughs> yeah. Be the first. Right, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I've listened to a bunch of these, and I have a question for you guys. At what point oh. are you like, uh, no, we got enough. <laughs> uh, well, when I'm famous, man, that's when. <laughs> no, we're well. We're also starting to get people from uh, from out of town. Okay, so, good. Yeah, tomorrow uh, we're recording an episode with a guy from New York. So you know, I'm going to try to start. Oh, is a uh, Rojo? 
No, this oh. is Jeff Zimmerman. I just saw him at Sure Thing last night. Oh, so. okay. Sorry, Rojo. <laughs> but he'll, we'll, we'll get him. Sorry for the shout out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also want to do... We, Sorry, a little burp there. We, you can edit that out. <laughs> let's, let's make a marker on that burp. <laughs> and we'll cut stamp. it out now. And so, Jared, sorry, pick up your question again. Oh, the, yeah. They, uh, oh, it's not... A, I was just going to say, we're also going to start doing, like, a, like thematic episodes, I think. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Once we run out of you good comics, we're going to be like, okay, how about moving to a new scene? Or yeah. something like that. Well, like I listened to Aaron Brooks's one. He was talking about how to make a writing pack. And I was like, how would you know, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Brooks. We're all high-fiving each other right no, now. No, I love Brooks. Yeah, he's great. He's my favorite, dude. Um, wait, what was the question? So so you said you've kind of <laughs> stopped oh, having yeah, no, comedy no, no more goals. My comedy goals are, are personal goals. They're not necessarily like comedy career goals. Well, Does that's that okay. make sense? Um, because... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, you can't do this. It's really hard to do this from Austin if you want to be a pro. Yeah. At some point you have to move. I mean, there's certain people, uh, like LaShonda, of course, was about to get a Comedy Central half hour from Austin. That's amazing. And Cubis has had a lot of success while keeping it based in Austin, but I think for the most part you have to move. And so the fact that I am still here and I have no plans moving, I think shows that I am not doing this to do this professionally like I'm not and I don't well that's not I'm trying to do it at a professional level of course I'm not trying to make this all I do yeah yeah because uh, I want more money than that yeah. and I also want to stay here in Austin do you want to have kids yeah I do yeah. Want, we're probably well I don't know we'll see uh, I don't want to put a Let's time not on, put it. It on the record, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know we'll see we'll test tomorrow see what happens no, okay, okay. Um, yeah I want to have kids we have my wife and I own a house here uh, in Austin and uh, again I'm 36 I don't have any professional credits. I don't have any representation at all. If I moved out to LA, uh, I would, you know, be more or less an open micer. Like there's some Austin people that run shows I could probably get on, but that's about it. Uh, as I've my LA contacts have constantly let me down in a way <laughs> that is discouraging. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, but at the same time, uh, you know, I sort of do anything. I don't like I don't do comedy to get famous like I never did I mean sometimes you sit around and think about it and then that's a nice little ego stroke and it's sort of a nice little daydream to think about and um, and yeah but I mean I, I do it because I like doing it and there's a reward in the craft of doing it and the performance and uh, I enjoy that and I still enjoy it and there's also a lot of other creative little things that uh, I have my you know, working on that I can do in Austin. Some are easier to actually do in Austin than in LA. I wonder if you put like put it to people that they had to be that way, had to make that decision, if they would still do it. And because mm-hmm. I was about it, there's so uh, like knowing, you know, probably not going to get famous. Oh yeah, yeah. And the reason I ask that is I think about this a lot of time. There are all these amazing pursuits where they just know there isn't a famous to it. So, I mean, I can think it's surfing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how comparable that is or, or whatever, but, like, there are the greatest surfer, surfers in the world. There are people that are competing at the highest level there is. There's maybe five people making a living at it. Maybe. Yeah. Right, and only through endorsements or something Right, like right. Whereas it seems like in our profession, I just want to, I'll open this up to you guys, but it yep. seems like with us, uh, to call it profession instead, that if you actually look at a lot of professional comics, there are better comics in Austin right now, at mm. least in terms of like the material that I'm seeing yeah. versus their Netflix special. Right. So it's, it's like if professional successes, I don't want to say that shouldn't be that, but if that's your goal, it's like, I guess, how do you parse that out? I'll, yeah. I'll, opinions. Yeah, I don't know. And, and it is a weird thing to talk about too, because there is this like comedy perspective of, you know, these like comedian uh, mindset that you have to have. 
where it's like, are you not going for it at every minute? Are you got to be wanting it every every minute? <laughs> you got to be doing every mic. You got to always be writing. Any moment you don't want it, you've already failed. Like, you gotta, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden we're in Glen Gary, Glen Ross. And it's like, yeah, that's why I got into comedy. Not because it was a comedy was a weird defense mechanism when I was a kid. It's because I was like, I want to be super successful. Like you know, yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't jibe. And I it is a it is a weird kind of thing because there are those like super successful people. Or like these really polished but unfunny who gives a fuck yeah. kind of comedians out there. Well, they're, or they're funny, but they're yeah. not like uh, not the height of what you think a comic should be. Whitney Cummings is a good example for me where she's not a bad comic. I think she's funny. But the idea of her being like yeah, this the is the best. first time Jared has ever criticized a famous comic not, on this not podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> a record show. Uh, Whitney, I'm a big fan. If you ever come to yeah, town, yeah, you know what? I don't know what Jared's problem with Whitney. I love she's, she's, a, like, she's a woman. And no, I, was just I love I yeah, love your show. Actually, Whitney. Jared doesn't like women. We Two broke girls are great. Uh, whatever else you do. Is she in that? No, she thinks she's executive oh, I'm producer. Two, of... two broke girls, oh. two girls, one cup. They yeah. were all good. That's what I thought he was saying at first. <laughs> Out of two broke girls and two girls, one cup, I've only actually seen one two of Two broke girls, one cup. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to close my eyes. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, if so, so is your job a Monday to Friday, nine to five type yeah, pitch? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and so how many nights a week are you currently doing comedy in Austin? Yeah, it depends. Uh, it depends on the week, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think I only did it twice this week. Last week I did it six times. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but that's multiple shows and stuff like that average four type thing i think average about three three to four mm-hmm. maybe i mean that's also on purpose like i've scaled back a little bit just because um i live south i like being at home a lot yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah I, uh, last summer i was freelancing for most of the summer and a lot of that sort of my income came from comedy or sort of that comedic creative hustle like you know trying out for commercials and stuff like that and I managed to make it work financially, but it's just like, man, that hustle is, um, it takes a, it's sort of that uncertainty you have to live with. And it's harder to do that when I have a, a family and I'm including my dog in that. I have a family <laughs> and like a house and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I feel like in that regard, that kind of, that hustle is uh, maybe like a younger person's game as well. Yeah. Did you get some commercials? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was mainly this one that has oddly like continued to pay me in yeah a nice well it's way. supposed to be like you get a recurring check right yeah and it was nice too because everyone who was working on it was a cool person as well so uh yeah look out sylvania headlights <laughs> uh, i don't know if they're on the tv but they're on the internet can you tell us uh how you got the commercial or yeah and it's honestly this is kind of funny it was just a friend because mm-hmm. i'm not i don't have any like i don't have a real i'm not a professional actor but um, it's funny. There was one time where I was like talking to an agent, and they were like, uh, "It was like a local, you know, uh, sort of acting agency." And they're, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, meet meet us here this Tuesday." And then I go in, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Tuesday is just our day when we talk to anyone." I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> they just went ahead and said that. Yeah, it was like they're open You're Tuesday anyone. call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she was talking to me, and she was like. Uh, uh, Oh, do you do comedy? I was like, yeah. And she's like, you know, I have another person who is a comedian, and I don't believe it. I don't think he's funny. <laughs> I keep saying I got to come out to one of your shows because I don't believe it. And I was do, like, oh, okay, that's wanna, cool. Do you want to tell us on or off the air who that was? Uh, I can tell you off the air because okay, I don't want to cool. humiliate this person. <laughs> uh, I'm not even sure this person still does comedy, but um, anyway. But then that that ended up not 
No, I didn't even get that, but that's okay. So, oh, the actual question. Yeah. That was a complete, you can cut that right out. <laughs> that was a weird tangent, did not go anywhere, boring. Just say it was part of your process. Like, yeah. you had to get through that <laughs> yeah. to yeah, be in the place. And so, yeah, and a, a friend of mine, um, a producer, was uh, like, hey, we're, who I used to work with at this whole job. She was like, hey, we're auditioning for this commercial. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And I mean, this was all, I was not turning down any jobs like during this period of time. Like, hey, you want a $200 uh, full day PA work, but you got to wake up at 5 a.m. and lug equipment around a marathon? Well, let me see. Yes, I do, because mm-hmm. I don't have a choice. Uh, and, and I was also Uber and lifting. Not that that matters. Okay. Um, <laughs> but she called me in and had an audition and, and went pretty well. But then I was walking out, I saw my friend uh, Byron, Byron Brown who's in like every ad and I just was like I saw this dude and I was like oh, why did you even bring me out here Byron's gonna get this Byron is money like he's, <laughs> he's currently I go with Byron come on yeah no, Byron's great he's currently in a um, an ad for uh, Mama Foo's like the spice oh, nice. market menu mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to see Byron be like our spice market menu is real good uh, <laughs> but I boy, anyway I, they ended up uh, casting me and it was a deal where they shot a bunch of commercials over two days and uh, like I ended up uh, they like also you get so I got money for that and then they recut them to like they're down to 30 seconds and like well these are technically new commercials so you get money for that and then there was some made some radio versions that's more money and then they wanted to like <laughs> renew it for a year and then that's another paycheck and so uh, that was really nice and I really appreciated that uh, what did you have to do yeah I was going to say what was your role oh I was well you can watch the things they're, uh, they're for Sylvania headlights uh, I don't know I don't think they care that's <laughs> like, a, this is a car yeah it's like it's a car headlight Slovenia no uh, it's, a, it's a headlight these yeah. are the, so yeah Sylvania oh, oh yeah. Sylvania that's the name of a headlight company yeah not that one not with a deer it's basically me and, and one a of car. the girls running watch five of them. well they're not on YouTube I think they're on Facebook only oh really um, I'm on iSpot.tv they might have taken out. Well, what do you do that? You play a headlight? Or I'm, what I'm a, it's me and my fake wife, and we. Uh, I beat her down emotionally. I break her down. Like, there's one recently where I was watching, I was like, I did a pretty good job of this. And it just was like, our dog ran away, and I was like, I don't think the dog loves you. And uh, they're like, headlights. Oh. Uh, but no, they're, they're fun. Yeah, there's, there's Maybe one. Maybe we can edit in the audio. Oh, we're watching the... it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got to edit yeah. this audio in. Yeah. Oh. This one I pretend to have a baby, which I do not own. Ethan, is that something that we can do? Is get the audio in here? Oh yeah, I'll bump it in. I'll send All you. Right. Tell you what, I'll find. Uh, let me. Uh, or do you want us to do it now? Yeah, let's <laughs> listen to it and then we'll react to it. Okay. All right. This this one is. Uh, oh, this is not my favorite. Here, click on that person's page. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Haley, Haley, my fake TV wife. Yeah, that, that top oh, one. Oh, it's play, right at the top. Play that top one. <laughs> That's when I'm being real mean to her. <laughs> Shep! Shep! Man, my fantasy team is terrible. <laughs> Keep looking. What makes you so sure Shep is lost? We look for him everywhere five times. He's lost. Yeah, I mean, what if he's running away? Yeah, I never get the impression that Shep is really happy. This is his fourth jailbreak this week. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. What if he's not getting enough love from you? Okay, say you think that Shep is a loss. He's fleeing. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not loving enough. Oh, it's possible. Mm -hmm. I'm not even. There he is. Oh, let me do it. Come here, Shep! Shep! We missed you! Ooh, there he goes. Well, it was one of us. (la
You guys yeah, buy those headlights, right? Oh. Totally. I didn't know that you even buy headlights did for you, your own car. Or how does that? Was are you selling it to car companies that oh. choose the No, head- you need, need some more headlights. Go buy some Sylvania ones. They're great. <laughs> I, well, I don't Not know anything check. about car maintenance, you gotta check, to be right fair. Right but yeah, I can, you can see the dog. But I like the commercial. Oh, the, I would feel more... <laughs> Good you, feelings toward. Did you ad lib the the some of that. some of that yeah yeah it felt, um, it felt like you but that was uh, the guy who made the spots Joe Nicolosi is a uh, and his uh, producing partner Stephanie knew they make some like amazing stuff so like, he's done like stop motion anime he made a Lego version of the wire. Uh, like he's, he's a maniac like he also made, I play that video game <laughs> he, he made this um, it's like a like an editing bay right so you know you certain buttons do certain things but he made it like it was a uh, like Star Wars style like um, kind of a cockpit contraption with all these like little switches and so if he like flips these switches it does different editing things and he also has a button cool. that just plays like his favorite bands like if he's like ah, screw it and he, pl- he presses his button like his computer will start playing the hold steady or something which come on get a better banjo but um, <laughs> no but he's he's a he's a maniac and I, so I don't know. those those commercials were like a uh, hundredth of this man's power cool but it was fun to work with him. I, I don't know how if the audio is going to pick it up but mm. watching the thing the best part for me was how yeah, happy that you look should really watch it <laughs> yeah you're clearly enjoying shitting yeah. on your how, wife how happy that you look <laughs> to be telling her about like yeah you mean in the commercial or me watching me being mean? Because <laughs> no. I love, was, I love was a meta me there, but mean. no, no, no. But I, you know that would be a piece of advice for young comedians uh, if that's what this is going. This is mm-hmm. the weird thing because there's sometimes there's like a uh, a divide between like stand-up people don't like improv and improv people like stand-ups are mean and like um, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't know why uh, improv people think stand-ups are mean excuse me while I make <laughs> a belittling voice for one <laughs> yeah, improv people are so one all the time like yeah, stand-ups make fun of me they think I talk like this <laughs> um, but it's like if something is fun I don't know why you would say no to it yeah mm. like uh, and also that's the other thing, man. If you're looking for a scene where if you want to do that hustle, like or if, or if you want to make some extra money, like going out for auditions and stuff, go to Atlanta because they film everything yeah, there now. The taxes are really low. Yeah. And um, you can also, I mean, you might be like, why don't I just go to L.A.? Because it's nice to maybe get a little good before you go out to L.A. Yeah. And Atlanta's got a nice scene. And I'm from there. Oh. Not Atlanta, but uh, Georgia. Well, Some shitty area. Yeah. No, it's like really. No, she's right. It's kidding. <laughs> We're in Georgia. Uh, Augusta. Oh, okay. Home of the Masters. Oh, the tournament or just the tournament our, and the Builder, Bilderberger situation? <laughs> the Illuminati throw them? No, that's, there's no irony there for those people. That It's like a was a slave place. Oh, wow. And that it's called the Masters. That yeah. There's a place out in uh, Bee Caves, Texas. If you're going out there, uh-huh. there's a housing community called Paleface Ranch. It was like just called White Soul. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. The worst part Ooh. is that, like, and it's also a class situation because if you're from Augusta you can't see the Masters mm-hmm. like I don't mean you can't go I mean like if you drive past it's like a giant fucking compound yeah. so it's like the one thing that puts the town on the map in some small way mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. only pe- there are people like successful people from out there that have a more of an experience with it than the yeah. the town folk. golf is just the GD worst mm-hmm. like yeah. there's so much water wasted to oh, make these golf definitely. courses mm-hmm. and it's just like just dumb it doesn't well, even create hopefully that job. <coughs> yeah when we run out of all that water hopefully we can We'll burn it. Get rid of that. But then the rich people will just probably kill the rest of us. What were we talking about just before that? Well, well, I don't know. But let's, uh, what, can you talk about your writing process? Cause sure. If you work <laughs> a nine to five, do you have time at work to write or just tell I try not to. It. I try to keep those things separate. Um, but I don't necessarily need On to. On the record. Um, well, I mean, it, it just, it, it helps 
uh, with working. Like if I don't do comedy stuff at work, you're bursting at the seams. When work pops up, I am able to concentrate on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a struggle though, because it's like anything else. Like your brain would rather think of fun things necessarily than uh, like servers and stuff. Um, not that servers aren't fun, but they're not. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, uh, what's my writing process like? So I don't really do a lot of it at work, but I, you know, it's like you just try to like never. It's like your brain stops thinking while you're at work, and um, honestly, some of my writing I do just in the car, kind of talking to myself out loud. Because sometimes it's like you have an idea for a joke and, um, you know, you're just kind of looking for that one phrase that actually turns it into a joke. When Mm -hmm. I first started out, my writing process was I would write everything out and then I would pretty much kind of like memorize it as if it was a script. Yeah. And you can imagine how enjoyable that was not to watch (laughs) because it's just me being like super stiff. And you can see that with people now um, when they're starting out. You're like, you know, but I think that because I came from doing other creative projects I think it's uh, I maybe had decent writing to start with at least and I say decent meaning um, not the worst you know it was mm-hmm. probably pretty bad still and then uh, what did that, that buzzer mean Is, are we done well guys it's been great <laughs> um, and so um, my right bacon something? <laughs> Wait, is this my? I, I lost a Casio watch in my closet, and it goes off once a day. Is it? it oh, it will stop. It, yeah, stop. okay. it stops after like okay. thirty seconds of beeping. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> no, it's Find your Casio watch, dude. <laughs> 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 no, that's charming. Um, wait, what were we talking about? Me. You me, 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 me. You were very <laughs> scripted, and then how did you evolve out of that? Oh, I think it's just getting more comfortable on stage. Yeah. Improv helped with that, too. Mm-hmm. Just to, like, because improv, you go up there with nothing. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel pretty comfortable doing that now to the point where I love just fucking around and doing crowd work yep. which it's funny because it's like on some level that's like impressive to younger comedians but it's like, <laughs> it's like once, yeah it's like once you get it's like once you start doing you realize you're just straight goofing off yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but now what I do is I usually will kind of talk things through sometimes I'm in my car to myself or just something sometimes like out loud like walking the dog um, I mean sometimes things will like pop into my mind but I do find that vocalizing it helps and so I'll go on stage with kind of an idea for something and then just kind of like talk around it and riff on it. And I try to just sandwich that, but you know, I'll do that in the middle of a set. Like if I have kind of a new joke I want to try out, um, I don't do a lot of open mics anymore. And I honestly, it's, I'm not trying to be like a jerk, but it's just cause you know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to get booked enough to where I don't have to do open mics to go up three to four times a week. I've started to do more though, because, uh, I, yeah, like I'm really sick of my old material and I need to write new stuff, so. You sometimes do, what, like Valve Cap or what? Uh, I mean, I haven't done Cap in a long time because I live south now. But mm-hmm. recently I did uh, the Valve and I stopped by. I see a Cold Town around as well. Yeah, I stopped, oh, by, Town, I stopped uh-huh. by Cold Town on Monday and I'm going to I'm gonna do those more just because I, uh, I need to polish some stuff and I don't want book shows to have to suffer through me working on stuff. <laughs> But then, uh, but at some point with a joke, you know, when you're doing it in the shows and you feel good about it, at some point I need to write it out. Um, because when you, when I write it out, that's when I can actually concentrate on the, like the actual language. Cause things that kill me when I'm listening to it is when people are like repeating words a bunch, mm-hmm. like you know, I was at the mall and 
oh man, this guy at the mall, he was like <laughs> right. giving uh, out chicken at the, you know, it's like mall at the mall chicken. And it's just like, stop saying at the mall. <laughs> yeah. And I think when you. It's really bad in mall based yeah, comedy generally. Yeah. A lot of mall. I mean, I know. Sorry to use such a well worn stereotype. <laughs> Everyone's talking about the mall these days. Uh, but when I write it out, that's when I can actually like really concentrate on the language. So I guess it's like I goof around with it, I bat it around. Uh, I talk it through, and then when it's time to get serious about a joke, I write it out. Some jokes don't make the write it out phrase because they're, <laughs> they're real bad. When you write it out, are you writing it out more or less word for word? Are you how to what extent? Yeah, and I oof, I for some reason I that's so boring. Like writing it out word for word is like agony for me, but I do it, and then uh, it also just helps me kind of like look at it and kind of make sense of how the joke flows and everything yeah. like this. And it helps me kind of rearrange things. But then um, I did that recently with a joke, and then I did it on stage, and I was like, oh, well, these parts can go. Mm-hmm. You still need to, like, test it out. It's and never going to be done on the page. And you don't really get locked in anyway. Like, I've, even mm-hmm. to my detriment, I've written stuff down, being like, this is good. And yeah. then I go on stage, and I can't stilted. really... It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. It's right writing it, but it doesn't feel right saying it. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at the page, I'm not trying... At this point, I'm not memorizing it. I feel like sometimes just writing it out... And then you're not necessarily reading it and trying to, yeah, get, yeah, but just writing it out so that you have you force yourself to come up with different words for each thing, exactly, and make sure the flow works. And and sometimes it might be like, oh, I could put this here. I could actually change this order, yeah. and I, yeah, or for like analysis, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, sometimes I'll write out jokes and I'll be like, there's like four sentences and then a joke. I need because I there's some jokes where it's like, man, every other sentence has like uh, some sort of laugh line in it, and those are great. And then you were like, no, I'm like eight senses in and we still haven't laughed yet. (laughs) And then that's where you can kind of like look at this and like, is there a funnier way to say this setup phrase and this kind of thing? Like I have a joke about, I stopped doing it, um, a joke about breaking my nose, long story. Mm -hmm. And that's a joke that like over time got like more and more joke dense and stuff like this. And also, man, I'm so dumb about this stuff sometimes. Like I have the story that I'm doing now about finding a parrot under my car, Mm -hmm. which is a true story. A legit, there's a legit. It'd be really weird if it weren't. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you'd feel, be a fucking genius. There'd be some one. people that, <laughs> uh, you know, that whatever. But um, and I found the parrot on a Friday night, and then I removed the parrot, or the parrot got removed Saturday morning, and there's no real reason that that happened other than, or for me to describe that, the fact that it was two days other than that is what actually happened, but it doesn't make the story more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I, I, this is something you should, I should know month five into doing stand-up, but I'm still forgetting these things. And so I just took out the, I just made it one day, and now the joke is 30 seconds shorter. Yep. And no, it's like less math for people to tell. Yeah, there's. Like, hold on, so day one was this, day two, okay, go ahead. That's so funny because I heard you tell it a few weeks ago, and I heard you tell it the other day, and I remember when you said, you just went right on and you're like so then I read and I was like oh last time he told it uh, it was the next day and I wonder and then I was like oh no it's just so much better this way yeah. oh great I have, yeah. a, I have a question for you guys too do you think that um, there are a lot of stories I hear people do where it's like I think there is a one minute version of this joke Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Where like you could actually, because I, I have like two or three bits that take a while to tell. And I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm curious, should I just like not worry about it because it's a story and there's no reason or because it does feel like if there's a turn, you could just set it up super quick and do it. I think it depends on if it's a topic that you, this, if it's a topic that you want to explore, yeah. then explore it. And if it's just one joke, well, just the, the, the utility here is that I have a hard time working on this thing because if you go to an open mic or even a show and it's like a five minute thing, 
and I'll put this to you because you'd have a lot of longer bits. Mm-hmm. How do you work out stuff that's that long? Do you have to wait till you get on a show? Where you're doing thirty minutes, or can you do this in chunks where you like, you know, just do this like middle piece? It's kind of a thing unto itself. So I could just try that somewhere or what? First of all, Ariel is drinking green salsa, just drinking oh, it, yeah, yeah. not putting on anything, just straight up drinking some salsa. It's, yeah. a, it's a medley of. Have you noticed people find this weird? Yeah, but I don't understand why it's such a problem for everyone. No, no, not a problem. But you've noticed that when you do it, people are like, "What the?" People fuck? always comment on it. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't have to notice it. Yeah. People shame me for my salsa drinking. Well, no, but the good thing. Oh, I didn't want to use the word shame. You said that. But, well, yeah. it's more coming from Jared. <laughs> no, I'm not. That was Ethan. He threw up. Ethan, yeah, Ethan was, earlier was shaming me. Max yeah. was commenting. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank I was you. commenting in a shame-based way. Though. Well, so yeah, I felt intense. I was just. Uh, you know, I was being one of those men that everyone loves. And the first. <laughs> I wasn't less. doing that exactly. You were man-shaming <laughs> me. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh, the worst. Um, so you know, sometimes look if you have a longer bit. This is some. I'm gonna form this in the phrase of advice. Do it. Uh, if you're like, hey, I have this longer bit that I'm working out, host of an open mic. Would you mind if I did five minutes instead of four? You might not always get a yes, but there is no harm in asking. Um, I feel like if you, it, it's. I think uh, Ariel gave a great answer. Like if it's a longer joke that you couldn't necessarily make shorter, but you like exploring and like talking, but if it's like you personally enjoy it, then yeah, do it. But also I think you let the audience be the judge. If you're like, man, this one part doesn't get a lot of laughs. I wanted to get, get rid of it. Um, <laughs> just cut. Everything could be shorter. Like that's a weird thing. So I, I do this one show in town called waterbed and a lot of people do like characters on it. And, um, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, could you do six minutes? And they're like, six minutes? I don't know. It's kind of it's like an eight-minute character. I was like, well, it definitely shouldn't be. Like, for the most part, <laughs> like, everything could probably be... I mean, that's true of everything, right? It could be shorter If I'm going to do tighter. my Mr. T, it's going to take me five minutes to get my pants off on that. I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it's true of, of anything. Uh, but yeah, you know, explore it. It, it, it. it is harder to do longer bits sometimes. But then, yeah, you can do them in chunks. That sounds great, too. Cool. Like, um, I think... Concentrate on the chunk you think is the funniest and then try to add it. I, that's a good way to work on a joke, sure. Yeah. Okay, I got I got two kind of little ones, but I think uh, you probably speak to them a little bit. Tight. You mentioned the advertising thing, and it was interesting to you in kind of like a intellectual exercise kind of way when you're limited in that way. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you look at writing jokes like kind of like puzzle-like? Because I've heard some people talk about this where... The idea is they're, it's something that they're trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have the premise, they know it's funny, they see the irony, now they have to figure it out. Is there a problem-solving element for you when it comes to this kind of stuff? Or? You know, sometimes, because sometimes it's like I have an actual opinion about this that I think is kind of funny. How do I get, what's a way to phrase this to, in a fast way? Because that's what it comes down to, too, is like, how do I, what's a succinct way to get the audience on board with this premise? Um, and, you know, not bore them to death and yeah. just not make them get on so I mean yeah there's like a puzzle aspect to that I don't actually like I'm not like a Bradley Cooper's character in Limitless <laughs> where I'm like seeing equations and like jokes and I'm like no this call this a, a whatever you know you're not that's doing not a how jokey, it works for y'all you're no, not doing, no. no we're not doing a jokey Sudoku or whatever but I but I actually <laughs> Sudoku, do Sudoku that was for Katie yeah. sorry oh uh is she a Sudoku fan? Or she likes puns fan? and nice. You know, it's kind of funny. I always, we did that double barrel show. Look at this. This is a weird. Nice. Cause so, uh, Jared. Oh, that's right. Jared booked a show called. I brought you guys together. Double barrel. and nice. We'd never uh, met before that, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. We have oh. several times. This. You have. Uh, <laughs> no, you have. Uh, it was a ship's passing night. You have face blindness for Austin bearded male comedians because mm-hmm. there's so many yeah, of us. Um, can't yep. tell white people apart anymore. Yeah. And you're talking about was it picking up a, a a tampon you found on the street? Was that yes. the joke yes. of all of that? 
and in my brain it's, it's you're telling this longer story and it was very funny uh, and I just I thought of this like thing that I can still remember it which is weird but you said something like yeah I'm not I'm not looking to pick up a tampon off the street and then in my brain, I was like, I really wanted you to call it a street tamp. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I'm not looking for a street tamp. I'm not, <laughs> and I feel like stuff like that I like too, where it's the more you kind of talk about jokes, the more you give, <laughs> we're talking about jokes, you know, do comedy. <laughs> the more you tell your own fucking jokes, the, uh, I find it kind of fun just to mess around with like the words of Silly them. ways yeah. to say words. Yeah, because yeah. at some point it's like, you're like, hey, you ever walk in here, right? It's like, yeah, we know. Everyone knows. <laughs> and so kind of, you know, is messing it, around. I think it's risk aversion. I think, like, once you get a mm-hmm. thing that works, that it's, like, hard. To, you're like, oh, that works. I don't want a monkey with it. Yeah. I oh, but I, since you mentioned that bit, I was going to say, I that's such a good example of a bit where the whole thing pretty much works or absolutely works. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Depending on the but, audience. But, Not everyone but, loves me sure. to talk about tampons for no, 20 no, minutes. Sure, but there, there'll be a, like, I with a lot of good bits, with a lot of bits I love, there's just one thing that brings it completely home for me. Where mm-hmm. the whole thing, And it's the thing where you describe the color and, like, marbling. <laughs> it's beautiful. Of the, marbling. I don't yeah, get to see tampons yeah. like that very often. Yeah. I, well, I used to use the white cardboard ones, but now Katie does force but, us but to use slightly It's such a nicer. good example of this like very small Ooh. phrase that's so evocative of a lot of things because I'm thinking like huge fountains and beautiful bathrooms <laughs> and expensive yeah. hotels. Okay, yeah. Um, what's, I call them, I like whenever I'm just talking in my head about tampons just to myself in mm-hmm. my daily life, I do call them tamps sometimes, <laughs> but then I always am like, that's awful. Never say that. I <laughs> Uh, so Old tamperoonies. So that's cool. <laughs> that would, you know, you get that, those that might be Tamp like an camps. interesting way if you're ever dealing with some tight butthole crowds that like yeah. don't want to talk about uh, tampons. Yeah. Be like, uh, oh, you know what? You're uncomfortable, yeah. sir. You want to talk about some tamps and tamperoonies? <laughs> <laughs> some tam, 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 tamps. <laughs> but then also you, you have to be. You want me to tampoon you with all this? I don't know if your persona is that kind of a pandering asshole like like mine is. So maybe that doesn't work. Or lovable goober. It's not pan. I feel like I don't know. I'm more like pestering them. That's what the best comedy is. You. Oh, here another little writing question. Yeah. So do you start from? I have a concept. And then, oh, let me write about it. Or how, I'll put it this way: mm-hmm. How most of the time, when you when you go to write a joke, and it doesn't have to be in that long form kind of way you were talking about before. Yeah. But when you're like, okay, is it? You sit down. And you're like, I'm gonna work on some some stuff today. I need some new material. Or is it the other way where you see something goofy and you kind of work on it afterwards? And does it matter either way? I wish I could just sit down and be like, I will come up with a joke. It always has to be like either a story I tell to a friend where I'm like, oh, there's this story maybe is a better story than just like a over a beer anecdote kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's just kind of one little dumb thing I notice. And this is sort of a good way to think like I'm, I'm working through a joke right now, which I'm semi embarrassed about. Um, because, uh, I had a joke on my EP sort of breaking down, uh, the Metallica song, enter Sandman, which is like a 20 year old song. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Ooh, finally someone, right. <laughs> this, <laughs> way to stay cool. What an edgy buzzy comedian. The fact that he's like taking down this 20 year old heavy metal song. And so I also, uh, I was at the, uh, where was I? I was somewhere and uh, I'll make love to you by boys to men came on. And I know it's a really weird part in it. I know both like, those songs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me like, too. Close your eyes. Or it's, uh, how's it start? It goes, close your eyes, make a wish. And I always thought make a wish was a really, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what a weird thing to tell someone. And then I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And so then I like sat down and I was like, let me write out 
how much how much can I squeeze out of just this one joke? And the answer is like a full page, like a five minute, six minute bit. And then I did and they go, well, this is not all funny. And then you start like chopping it down. So I think I overwrite and then just start weeding things out. I had a and there, there's a just a, yeah. there's a strike while the iron's hot kind of attitude mm-hmm. there where it's like oh mm-hmm. I got a good idea but rather than I'm just oh that that could work I'll write that thing yeah. you're like okay this is a really good idea let me write as much as I can yeah on it while before. you're excited yeah yeah and then also there's a weird thing where if you think you're the only one in town who's got a joke like this you may not be and so uh, I remember one time I was at a show uh, I was at the uh, Kickbox Coffee open mic. Michael Priest was hosting and he was like hey uh, you know you got that joke about the boxcar children I was like uh, yeah I think I yeah that's not familiar he's like yeah well Nick Mullen has one too you you do yours tonight in front of him so he knows that you have that <laughs> and I was like I don't even remember that joke and he's like nah and so after I finished my set he goes hold on Max got one more joke about me like, <laughs> made me come on stage <laughs> and I think I was just Michael Priest Michael Priest, when I first started comedy, oh, that's another huge piece of advice if that's what you guys want. Don't fuck with Michael Priest. Is uh, I remember 100% who was nice to me when I started out and mm-hmm. who was mean to me. Yeah. And yep. so please just be nice to people. There's a way to, if someone is not great, to not just be a monster to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Michael Priest was always super nice to me when I started out and, uh, and still is. And so I think that was just him being like trying to look out for me or whatever but I also don't really remember actually I do remember the boxcar yeah, children box. joke let's get it on the record here so the boxcar children joke which again is like a joke you wouldn't think that people would defend yeah or would not defend but would have like all these people with all these boxcar children jokes yeah. so are you familiar with the boxcar children oh yeah I love the boxcar okay. children I read all of them as a I, kid I read it me too I hated it because I had a really bad childhood it was yeah. escapism for me <laughs> well so much child uh, literature and this, this joke used to be longer because it used to include this part as well mm-hmm. where I would talk about how a lot of childhood literature the parents would be dead mm-hmm. like, uh, like Spider-Man that is the fantasy yeah parents dead then his uncle dies Batman's parents Daredevil's parents are dead Superman's parents have died on a planet Harry Potter's parents are dead like Luke Skywalker's parents all these Captain America's but just yeah. technically they would have to be. exactly I don't know are the, I don't know the lady heroes of the uh, of childhood literature what I don't know lady if heroes are there and yeah. then we'll start um, Wonder Woman's oh, uh, dad Pippi was L- never in the picture Pippi uh, Longstock that sounds was funny. Pippi Longstocking an orphan that seems right Little Orphan Annie there you go there you go yeah. alright uh, yeah Punky Brewster she killed her own father Punky Brewster did she trap him in a fridge uh, I don't know who Punky Brewster is, to be fair. So, and so the boxcar children was like, their parents died, and, and so they would go live in a boxcar by themselves. And I remember they would, like, think of all these inventive ways to live in a boxcar. Like, oh, we keep our milk in a sack in a cool wet stream. Yeah. Like, uh, yep. and all this stuff. And I, I just would talk about how, like, like I'd fan- exactly, I would fantasize about my parents dying. I'm like, please, like, please, mom, let let mommy and daddy die <laughs> so I can go live with the boxcar children even though my parents were the nicest people and still are and uh, like and it's like the only thing you'd find in the woods would be like some feral kids <laughs> for like a weird cult like uh, yeah, weird cult. it's like oh I, I met a man who call, we all call him a father and husband and uh, <laughs> we have to go recruit other wives when he's not raping us like that would be which you know audiences love when you use the R word so yeah. I just was just giving people I what they like wanted I feel like in the middle of a boxcar I would well you gave me what I wanted that's great that is great and what was Nick Mullen's joke I don't remember you ever even heard it was heard probably it? like uh, coming uh, or something like 
<laughs> yeah. I never fantasize about coming on the boxcar yeah. children. That also reminds me. It's just like probably way funnier, by the way. Nick, like, <laughs> Nick Mullins are funny. Uh, it sounds like a weird, like, uh, like rich people reimagining poverty and like, oh, mm-hmm. the orphans love. They love just living in a boxcar and they have all their little. We thing. should find out about the guy who wrote that. What was going on there? Yeah, um, yeah. he just lived in the woods, like. Uh, with Wishing a, children a, would a, come by. A child trap. <laughs> yeah, hoping oh, this why is, them out. why is this Nintendo sitting in the middle of the woods? <laughs> a cage, no. <laughs> you, uh, you, you reminded me of something. Too. I should listen to NPR just before I got here mm-hmm. uh, to say about this. Polygamous. They were mm-hmm. like progressive polygamous. They like they were no longer polygamous, but they were raised in some fucking offset church. It wasn't Mormons. It was something else like that or whatever. And uh, I was like, man, he had five wives. He had five kids with each of the wives. Mm-hmm. He knew all their names. I was like, this guy is shy. I'm not saying it's good, but it was He's like, trying to this, stave off Alzheimer's. This keeps you going, really. And like, yeah. I thought about just doing the crossword puzzle every day, but instead I'll just memorize my army of children. <laughs> yeah. Is he handsomely? I hope he's got some real kick-ass genes that are oh, no. spreading them and to the other thing that most was, of northern Idaho. Yeah, is it funny is that you can't, you can't say that you had like uh, you have favorite kids you can't yeah. do that usually but he would talk he about his favorite them. wife so oh. he and they the rest of them did too I guess it's just a, a thing okay um, yeah he's like at that point he's just like a basketball coach <laughs> he's like I really appreciate the way uh, Kawhi Leonard gets back on D so the rest of you wives <laughs> had some hustle in there like everybody worked really hard we needed everybody but we yeah. know who the MVP was so we're yeah. gonna award an MVP every every game <laughs> and they're talking to the wife and the wife's like it's a team effort the non-favorite wives are probably just happy they don't have to have sex with him as often I mean yeah. that's probably fine with them um, okay, the, but here's here's something I wanted to bring up. It's like the one thing I kind of had prepared because Mario, when he was on, uh, actually mentioned you as oh. an example of the di- that old expression. Yeah, I don't guess. listen to that episode. It's not great for because <laughs> he says some good stuff, but also anyway. Okay, so he said, uh, I guess I had never really heard it before, not much at least this expression that there's people that say um, things that are no, uh, so, funny. So, and then there are people that say things in a funny way. That's mm-hmm. basically then the comics versus. And I'm number two. Is that everything? The good way. You say funny things. There are people who say funny things, and there are people who say things funny. Yeah, it's a way to saying. recap it if you like. Anyway, so, well, it's a famous saying that yeah, someone, it's, 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 yeah, someone yeah. says. Yeah. Um, no, but I think it, the 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 way that it's usually formed is like this, which I don't get. Is like a com- a comedian does this, mm-hmm. says things funny, and but a comic says things in a funny way. I'm trying to distinguish the difference. Between yeah, that's how I looked it up. Anyway, okay, so. Uh, so this is pretty clear with you, right? Like, so, wait, Mario said, I'm which one? You're the good you say, one. The one that says things. You say things funny. Oh, and I forgot to say. This so is, I don't say this, funny things, I say things well, funny. Well, ideally, yeah, I let think me, let you me, do both. Oh, yeah, let me, I'm so, so, here's so lost. Am no, I being a guess what? <laughs> now I'm, you know what? It's going to get more confused if we both try to explain. I'm so lost now, I'm joining your podcast team. <laughs> <laughs> the, next, the next person you come in, I, now I need yeah. advice. You, but you're going to forget who you are by the time. No, so the difference, and, and I forgot also to say the the thing he's like and the people who say things in a funny way Mm -hmm. they're the ones that have careers Mm -hmm. and he was trying to say that that's really a thing that's important right and I don't I think it's a set subset thing so it's not that people that say things in a funny way aren't saying funny things but that the, the the way they say it is as important as a saying it no, I mean, because if if you reach that level, I guess, and that's nice of me to say, I don't know about it, but like, um, you could just talk about it. I mean, there's people that are like, this guy could read the phone book, where you know, uh, this woman could uh, tell my, you know, read my phrenology or whatever my skull, and yeah. still be like, crack it up. 
Um, but 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 how did I go to phrenology? I, know, I wanted to say nice reference, nice palm reading. But then I said phrenology. I like phrenology. You just had to go with that. Yeah, but, I was but, just trying to show off my words. But away from <laughs> my words. Sorry, away, Jared, go ahead. No, that's good. away from just like what should you be doing? I'm, I'm more interested just in, in terms of your intentionality there. Like, is this? Do you think it's just an expression of the way you kind of approach this stuff anyway? Or you were like, no, I can't just say this. I need to kind of. I even want to ask you: Do you speak Spanish? Uh, I no. Okay, because there's a really because Mexican Spanish is really sing songy, mm-hmm. and I had a theory for a while after listening to your first album that I was like, I, it, like every it, you have this, bum, 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 bum. it always goes <laughs> up and down and everything like that. It's really good. It's fun. Make is it fun to listen to? And I, did that just happen, or is that a kind of thing you're like, no, this has got to have a kind of. I think it's just that's what I I kind of like the way people, you know, there is like there's a musicality to some the way comedians talk, and I've. I've when I've noticed that from people, I like it. Like there's one day someone's going to, when I'm in the middle of the set, they're going to kick open the door of the comedy club and they're going to go, this guy's just Simpsons plus Pat Oswalt and a little bit of Paul F. Tompkins. And I'll turn into a pile <laughs> of sand. Cause I'll go, I'm an exposed fraud. And then I'll just will like evaporate. But like Pat Oswalt has a lot of jokes that are like, um, you like, you know, he has this one about, uh, the KFC famous bowl and he sings a little song in it. And just sometimes, like, Eating singing my love yeah. from a single bowl. <laughs> and it's just, it, sometimes it's just a way to make things funnier is to say them in a funny way. Like, I know, oh, I just proved Mario's quote right. Um, <laughs> no, because that's the other thing, too, is just, there was a, uh, it was an Out of Bounds festival. I feel like I've told this joke on another, or story on another podcast. Sorry, my repeat podcast fans. Um, <laughs> and some comedian uh, bombed right in front of me, and then uh, I went up and I told my first joke, and the crowd still not into anything and then at some point i like abandoned my material and i just was like what's going on guys we are not boo what is up with us and i just like goofed around and had fun and it was a weird thing that again this should have occurred to me in month three of doing stand-up but if you're having fun on stage people can tell yeah and so i just try to have fun on stage and um i think that's just an extension of me having fun is just playing with like little vocal things and stuff like that also, because right now I'm talking in the most monotone voice ever. <laughs> I could just tell everyone, just like, this is, sucks. <laughs> I'm not hearing, it sounds like I'm listening to Terry Gross masturbate. No, I'm just like, <laughs> oh my uh, God. Yeah. Is if anyone has an audio file of Terry Gross masturbating. <laughs> well, hold on. I got to ask you, is that because it's erotic or because it would be hilarious? No, hilarious. Oh, okay. oh come on. I'm turned be, on by nothing. She actually, I mean, she's a pro. It would probably be sound really great. Uh, she's not monotone either. She's not very interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just like to have fun. And uh, I think that, that comes from it. I did take five years of high school Spanish. and oh, Five sorry. years? <laughs> well, I made it to Spanish five because Eight, my two. two middle school years counted as one year. Here's a better way to say that. I've taken six years of Spanish. <laughs> and five years of high school Spanish is like the, the dumbest brag ever. <laughs> oh, you think I'm stupid? Well, Why did I take but... five years of high school science, idiot? <laughs> um... <laughs> It's like doctors, like uh, I'm a doctor. Yeah, I did uh, college in four years, moron. <laughs> bragging about this shit, um, and so I. But I fought that language tooth and nail. I just was like, I don't want to learn this. I don't know why. And my wife sunk in. Yeah, my wife's family is from Nicaragua, and I'm going there later in the year. I'm like, oh, hopefully the Spanish comes back. <laughs> so I don't just be like, uh, can you order for me? It, even if you do, like, you'll be able to do that, but then you won't be able to express yourself because mm-hmm. that takes so long. I, somebody who speaks, uh, a friend of mine is Portuguese, and he talks about like he's really good at a low conversational level. If he has to express any opinion or feeling,
everything he has in the world. I was like, yeah, I don't have. Yeah, but when you're traveling, it is really good to have to be able to function in a. I didn't want to make it sound. Don't even learn Spanish. That was hop on Duolingo. That was my primary concern: ordering food. If you want to tell how difficult my life is, that's what most of life is. Uh, Mac, you seem super stressed. I don't know if I'm going to be able to order in Nicaragua. I just want to make sure I get the food I really want. Yeah. I don't want any misunderstandings. But Mac, would you just ask people what they recommend? Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> is, there, is there a non-insulting way to ask people, like, what do you have that's weird? Because that's what oh. I always want to oh. eat. And I don't oh. know how to say it in a way that's not... That like, sounds annoying. Your yeah, people are exotic. Uh, exotic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you have on this menu that like, like no, you that you think the guy wouldn't like? Yeah, that's yeah. It. yeah. Or you say like, what would you eat? And they could be boring. Like yeah. they could have. Yeah, a lot of times they version. are. I've tried that and, and like, yeah, what do you like? And they order. They say the most boring thing. They also know what you're doing. Chicken and rice. I think. Okay. Like, yeah. I know what you like. I thought about. I'm still thinking about it. Getting a tattoo that says uh, the Duchess on my uh, left bicep. <laughs> Why my left one? Because that's my preferred one to tap. Uh, but also, why is that a band? Oh, I'm, I'm going to explain okay. it right now. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> there's certain things where if, if maybe it's just in my relationship, but if you, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and sometimes sometimes my wife will be like, eh, I don't think you're going to do it, and I'm like, oh, now you guaranteed I will. <laughs> and one of those things is I was asking her, I was like, oh, what did you do last night? This is before we were dating even, and she was like, oh, I watched this movie. I was like, oh, it's called The Duchess, and I was like, oh, yeah, any good? She's like, yeah, it's. Uh, Kieran Knightley and it's like a period piece and uh, Ralph Fiennes is in it or Rafe Fiennes however you say it and he's like it's pretty good I was like oh cool I'll give it a try and she's like you're not gonna watch it and I was like what do you mean I'm not gonna watch it she's like doesn't sound like your thing doesn't have like Spider-Man in it or something <laughs> and I was like you don't think I'll watch the fucking Duchess I'm gonna watch the goddamn Duchess and so now sometimes where did you like it yeah it was great and uh, sometimes she'll be like I'm like yeah let's do this she's like are you sure it's gonna happen I'll just like Pat, pat my arm like because I start calling my my lack of muscles the Duke and the Duchess. And so I'll just like be like, oh yeah, it's the Duchess talking. It's gonna happen. That's great. What's I, the Duke's opinion on this? Is he like Duke? He's you know what? Here's the thing: white guys have had it long enough. Yeah, they need to stop talking for a while. So yeah. uh, Duke is Duke is quiet on just this one. Way back. Yeah, this is Duke's a men's rights activist. It's weird. <laughs> Duke we is like, well, talk. actually, and then like he gives an, uh, an explanation about why. Uh, it was okay. I don't know. Um, I don't support a lot of tattoos, but I support that one. Uh, Thank I, you. I haven't gotten any yet. So, I wonder, by the way, like you're like, I don't support a lot of tattoos. Jared is tatted up. I know. Just I don't support any one. of his. He's embarrassed like by most Samoan. of those. Not embarrassed. Regretful. Oh, that's, that's what I mean. Sorry, no, I'm like, but because I, I, I like that I got this walking regret around. I think it's funny. Do you have any neck tattoos? Not anymore. Well, no, no, I don't. <laughs> well, you, you Cut them off. You got business tats. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Could, you can put on a yeah, dress yeah. shirt and you no, can hide you, it. You know what it is? It's just like, I didn't need to do that. That's what it is. It's not like, oh, I hate that. It's like, yeah. I didn't need to do that. I, I was like, but if you take a 23-year-old kid, it was a shit ton of excess money because they're in the army. Mm-hmm. And then you just, I was like, well, I can fucking do that. That's a way to spend this money. That's way better than, I still, I was talking about, I still have a redneck gene in me that like mm-hmm. needs to decide like, do I spend this extra money on tattoos or guns? Like, right. oh. Now, Jerry, let me ask you this. So you, uh, thank you for your service. And, uh, <laughs> um, he was a conscientious oh, subjector a month into getting there. So. No, no, that's not true. 
Year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. But you, I went But anyway. did you kill anyone? Uh, not anybody that deserved it, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. It's really sad. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> why, aren't you, why aren't you milking that more? Because I see all these, like, all San right. Antonio. There's, like, this group of people in San Antonio that are always having, like, a chuckle for our troops. Like, uh, you know, it's like list, they're listing their comedy credits. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, this guy's been on Comedy Central and also a Marine Corps vet. Yeah. And it's like, oh, does that make you funny? Like, like, uh, like McCulture, this his all. He's very funny, but, like... It just, I don't know. So there's a couple things. One, I don't like the idea of resting on those laurels. Because mm-hmm. even away from, uh, I haven't been in that the military and the unit that I left from in like 11 years. Go somewhere in there. 10 years. 2017. Yeah. And then, but I'll see you guys from my unit. Yeah. Who, that's their profile picture on Facebook. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Like, and they're, I'm sure, great people. But like, so part of me just, I, I like talking about it. But I don't want it to be like the best thing Center I ever piece. did. No, you fucked up. Uh, were, you, were you in the army? <laughs> yeah. No, here you go. So it's the... Uh, uh, the uh, you know you have to have like an army theme tour or something like this. Okay. By the way, if you think I'm talking about a specific San Antonio comedian, I am not. <laughs> there are There's several of, of you. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, I'm not also like ragging on anyone. Don't think I'm like trying to subtweet Raul Sanchez, who is so hilarious. funny. Oh that my guy's god, hilarious. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, he he wrote a joke that like kills me because like I feel like I can never do the subject matter because mm-hmm. I was a paratrooper too yeah. and his paratrooper joke is so fucking funny what and is- just right on well it's this whole bit like so I'll it's like so the, the, the sort of centerpiece there is that he's like so light that he would jump out and the parachute would be below him <laughs> it was using him to safely yeah. to get to the ground yeah which is such a so funny much there. concept yeah yeah, yeah. Gotcha. and uh, yeah but but um, also I just got kind of self-conscious because I had some early like joke success mm-hmm. uh, in open mic so like jokes of work and they'd be about me being gay and me being uh, a veteran and so and I still like want to talk about that but I got a little guilty about like is this all I can be funny about so I like started right. the gay veterans stuff. of comedy tour yeah. look them up that's all it's segmentation that's what don't <laughs> try to be yourself try to be something that people can be like oh he's a gay veteran is he funny mm-hmm. well, I don't know <laughs> that's not what it's about it's about having D- yeah this is my advice box yourself in <laughs> People uh, like demographic, but I but I kind of feel like that that's the good thing because you got that too, right? So if you're a black comic, for instance, mm-hmm. and you have I am, thank you. I mean, if you don't know Mac, he's he's Wesley Snipes black. Anyway, uh, oh, thank you. I was uh, a big Blade fan growing up. That means a lot to me. <laughs> but uh, is that you always have that, so you don't have to box yourself in because people are going to do it for you anyway, right? So if you have chops outside of it or you can write about other stuff mm. I feel like it gets to be icing on the cake or something yeah. like that you know? and Ariel you can go on a uh, not very helpful Whole Foods employee of comedy <laughs> tour <laughs> you want to hit that demographic mm-hmm. Where, hey, where's the cumin I feel like you should know that <laughs> um, I used to work at Trader Joe's for four years actually. oh really mm-hmm. then here in Austin uh, no it was in New York and Boston oh, so is that where you're from um, from Houston but I just lived from there for over. a while yeah yeah but I was very helpful. I will have everyone know I'm excellent at customer service. How long have you guys lived in, in Austin? Two and a half. Two and a half. A uh, long time. If I, I, I went to school at Southwestern, so if that counts, like was in, I lived in Austin no. for two years, and then no. I was in Georgetown for... It, but it was I'll count it. 20 by, yeah. We'll count it for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Nine years, somewhere there. And how long have you guys been doing stand-up? Not long. Uh, not August is my two years. Whoa! Getting to three and a half. Whoa! You guys are very funny. Ah, look at the you. last episode, you should uh, just have someone interview you. Well, we were going to maybe interview each other, but I could, we could take in outside talent. I would like to find somebody who would be good at it specifically. It's true. Maybe just pass it on to some other blind Let's person. Let's get Terry Gross. Yes. <laughs> who yeah, knows? Does anyone know Terry Gross? Terry Actually, Gross yeah, starting stand-up for the, the first time? That's not the worst idea in the world. Anymore. We'll talk about it. Off. Here's okay. another better 
idea. Turn off the lights in here so it's completely dark. Just candles? Okay. Yeah. For no, the blind. no candles. No candles. Blind. Yeah, complete oh, darkness. Oh, yeah, for our blind oh, thing. That's yeah. fun. I thought this was like going to be a rapey kind of thing. I didn't know. No. <laughs> well, knowing knowing my stand-up, that, that makes right in. <laughs> hey, fellas, you ever been drinking a drink and you're like, oh, time to rape? <laughs> so those purple red bowls and it was yeah. it's like me neither I was a trap I yeah. just wanted to see we which one em. to use yeah. um, I got a, a couple more questions we have time for yeah, a, a let's, few let's, more oh, please let's stop I hate, I hate the... talking about myself no no mm-hmm. so some of this I, so I'm kind of curious about just the albums and I'll, since we don't have a lot of time I'll try to be like specific sure uh Okay, time time wise, <laughs> was that you was telling like, me to be specific? No, no, no. I had to figure out like how do I, what's what I really want to know about the albums because yeah. part of me just wants to be like talk about it. But um, do you like how did you know when was it like I'm ready to do this? When it's I've accreted enough material. Good verb. I just looked that okay, up. Yeah. First of all, I great think, question. Thank Jared. you, thank um, you. That's what this is. You about. You know, so I, I won that contest and um, somebody was like, "Oh, so you're gonna record an album now?" And I was like, "What?" And they're like, yeah, you know, you win, you record. I was like, that's not... Is that a thing that yeah. anyone else has or done? Somebody, somebody was like, oh, so when are you going to record now? I'm like, I don't know. There's no, like... Nobody uh, tells you when. Yeah. But then I started thinking about all these jokes. I was like, man, I have a lot of jokes I'm sick of doing, but I still kind of like it. I was like, <gasps> an album. And then mm-hmm. that's sort of when it occurred to me that I might want to do it. And it was nice, too, to have some people that have already kind of done it, like Ramin... Uh, he had someone record it, but Brian Gart pretty much just put out his own album. And so that's kind of the route I was thinking of going. And then when I was thinking that is when the Sure Thing Records guys mm-hmm. approached me about recording. So it was kind of serendipity in that So moment. they approached you right when you were thinking about it? Yeah. And cool. they're like, we're thinking of recording. I was like, well, it's funny because I was thinking about putting it on myself. If you want to pay the 60 bucks that it cost Dustin Swaylock to record it, <laughs> uh, which it costs a little bit more. Man, Matt Bearden called Dustin Swaylock the like unsung hero yeah. of the Austin Comedy sure, scene. It's pretty true. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's an enabler of the best kind. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I just I just had that feeling of like, I had a lot of material that I, I like doing, but or I, I like, but I didn't necessarily, you know, I was, I, was, I was done with it. And I was like, oh, it's nice to put this out there. And yeah, and making an album sort of scratched that creative itch of making something too. So I was excited. About no, it. I like the thinking about it that way because I think a lot of people think about recording an album like, oh, I got to get this milestone or I want to have an album. But it is true. Like you have all these jokes and you get tired of them in a way. Mm-hmm. And to have to be like, you but don't you want them to could. die. You don't want them to go away. But yeah. yeah, to be able to have them for the sake of just having them, but not have to do them again. Yeah. That seems like a really great reason to have an album. It's also a good me. motivator to do new material because once I recorded yeah. it, if I did those jokes again, I, I felt like an asshole. I felt like a total fraud. Yeah, yeah. an asshole. Yeah. I feel like there's a mini version of that all the time now, and maybe mm-hmm. it's because, like, I'm saying this as a historical point. You mm-hmm. hear that like Louis C.K. changed a lot when it comes to that kind of stuff, but not just in like, oh, you got to put out a bunch of stuff, but just the idea that you're supposed to be doing new stuff, not just that you're supposed yeah. to be developing an act that you'll then like kind of sell or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like if if we you're doing the same material in town like over a period of time you start feeling kind of guilty and you start yeah feeling like even my lift driver last night who didn't even he doesn't even see that much comedy mm-hmm. but he still said what he really likes is when he when it's the newer stuff mm-hmm. he likes it when it's good but it, he wants it to be like current that's and, what everybody wants right and so i'm thinking like it's so funny even someone who isn't really a comedy fan still wants that so i think no, of it as like people who are comedy fans of course they want to hear all the newer stuff but no like, that's what people want people they, that guy thinks that though because he doesn't realize 
how long it takes to make stuff because I've heard people oh. that aren't comics say it almost like an accusation. Mm-hmm. Like he came back and I saw him like seven months later and it was the same. It was the same thing. Like yeah, you know, believe it or not, it takes a while to make like a lot of stuff. Anyway, yeah. You know, I've heard comedians say that it's funny when you you can't compare yourself to Louis C.K. because he's operating at a very high level. Of course, yeah. <clears throat> and so this idea of like coming up with a new hour every year and then like burning that hour is like that's not necessarily. Yeah what's going to work for everyone or even should work for people. I mean, maybe if you put out a special every year, (laughs) then, but if you're not doing that, then it doesn't make sense. And also if you're Louis CK, people are seeing your comedy. So the next time you come to town, it's probably better to have some new stuff. But like, it's funny because I, I do think that same way where it's like, man, I don't want somebody out there coming to my show and then being like, we've heard this already. But then it's, it's, it's kind of like an ego thing. Like, Oh, you think, people have seen like Austin's not a super large city but it's big enough to where like I just did the Velveeta Room and uh, you know headlined it a weekend and there's people there who have never heard of me who Mm -hmm. walked in and it's not like if I went in there thinking like, oh, these are some Mac heads, like uh, <laughs> they want the they want the fresh goods, it's like just that's a bunch of foam heads yeah. of your face, like, yeah, like exactly, <laughs> like some weird Dirk Nowitzki heads that they <laughs> spilled some water on. You know? <laughs> no, it kind of looks like Mac now. Um, uh, yeah, and so it's weird to think like that, but uh, or not weird, but but you know, again though, anything that keeps you going. Yeah, but I mean, there's there are some comedy fans in Austin, and yes. there are people who, when I see them in the audience, and a lot of times they like to sit in front. I know they've heard a lot of my jokes before, but I can still see them even enjoying jokes they've heard. They get excited sometimes in that way that I would too. If I For because, sure, yeah. but it's like if you mix up your set. I mean, it's one thing if you have the same twenty-minute set you're doing start to finish, then that would probably suck for them. But if you're mixing up your set anyway, and they're going to hear some old stuff, some new stuff, they're totally fine with hearing some of that, and it'll evolve and be a little bit different yeah. every time. I had been thinking like on the end, on the extremes, there's cowards on both ends. There's people mm-hmm. that are afraid to write new material because they're afraid to take chances once they have material that works and then there's people on the other side that like are kind of afraid to go in front of their friends mm. and do material that they know they those people have heard before they, so they gotta do this thing also if you're kind of if it's clear to everybody oh this is just new stuff yeah and it doesn't really work <laughs> you put work. the disclaimer out I love yeah. when people apologize <laughs> yeah. for their work because like oh then don't do it <laughs> yeah right. yeah. If either way you have to sell it yeah yeah, yeah. And yeah it's absolutely. vulnerable to do but that's I love when people are like this is new because they're telling me the audience that this is no longer my time <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. but uh, uh, this period of the show is not for you um, yeah. but also really? just it seems to me that like there's a feeling of like oh this is just new so if it doesn't go well I don't have to feel you bad don't get to judge me it, it's, you're yeah, not allowed to yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh had you headline punch the other day how'd that go uh you know it went fine but i was just in a weird place um so uh i don't know how to <laughs> <laughs> yeah with cap city is a super we're having like a weird day or well it was events? really like i mean i kind of mentioned this uh on the podcast before but uh, I had just done Moon Tower and FPIA mm-hmm. and getting married and the honeymoon and the timing of all that stuff and then had headlined a bunch of shows and I, I got into this place of feeling this pressure to like do good at all the stuff mm-hmm. and so I um, I think I I, I was like confused even in my head about like w- what I wanted to do or how I wanted to like be or structure a set or plan or whatever and so after that I mean it, like, I think it went fine I don't think that I embarrassed myself or anything like that i think it was okay that's the um, goal but i but you know my, my standards for myself of course are like high all the time and i feel all this pressure and i think high all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm high a lot no i so i think i what it, what it really was is i just felt a lot of pressure mm-hmm. and i'm and so i left there and i went to the gatsby and i did 
whatever I wanted yeah. for you know that 10 minutes and I felt so good and so ever since then I've really been um, going to shows with depending on the show without a set list or with a very loose idea of the set list like I think I'll probably start with this these things kind of maybe lead together and these are some possible closers but then being very open to that kind of crowd work and stuff that I really like to do and 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 leaving room for you know those times when you're up there and you're you're going through jokes but then it leads to stuff or some crowd interaction mm-hmm. leads to you telling a joke that you've thought of but you've never told and you just like find a way to to use it all of a sudden and it works and you're like holy shit you know th- mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of stuff like I've been getting to do like a lot of that kind of stuff more so I don't even know how to say like how I felt about that particular show but it's led to me having a lot more fun on stage ever since then and like I think going in a slightly different direction so yeah. Anyway, no, I thanks for asking me about myself. No, no, one, mm-hmm. no one else ever does. I think that's. I don't want to know. No. <laughs> I think that's great. I did uh, when I did uh, just for laughs in Montreal. I had two sets, and the first one I did a set that the guy told me to do, and it was sort of like, well, people will like these, and it, meh. and then the second set I did more of the jokes that I was the most excited about, and it mm-hmm. went a lot better. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it is. It is funny like that. Uh, Pressure is weird though too, because I don't feel like people talk about it that much, mm-hmm. especially in terms of like, because so much of being on stage is about. You mentioned this earlier, uh, having fun on stage, yeah. feeling good, and I hear a lot of people say stuff like that person's good under pressure, mm-hmm. uh, and I always wonder like, does that mean they like it? Or are they just good at it? I don't know. Is it, you know Devin I mean? Walker's good under pressure. We should ask him if he likes it or not. That's a good question. Yeah, because I, w- I want to know, is it like, are they faking it when it's like that? Right. Like, or do they just, for, like, they basically being good under pressure is like not thinking about the fact mm. that you're under pressure. Or a meaning like yeah. that this is important. What about you? I mean, do you feel pressure? You know, um, do you anymore? Wanna? No. <laughs> feel pressure reform? No. Cause <laughs> I have the, a pressure you know, machine. I'll, so here's the thing. Um, Moon Tower I was not on this year's Moon Tower a couple years ago they had like their like uh, Moon Tower up next or something and they claimed some industry was going to be there I don't know and uh, I was talking to Martin Urbano and Martin was nervous and he's like you nervous I'm like no and so I, I did the set and afterwards he's like uh, and I'm not trying to like I wish the story just stopped there yeah he was like no he was, yeah, was thanks fine. for inviting me guys <laughs> and, um, and he was like uh, well this does have a, uh, a twist at the end and so afterwards Martin uh, and I'm not trying this sounds like I'm bragging but you know whatever this is a story and Martin was like, man, you had the best set out of anyone. You didn't seem nervous at all. How come? And I was like, because I don't care, Martin, because success has passed me by. There's no pressure for me anymore because it's like I've had so many of these little like showcases and, you know, like, oh, these tryouts for things and, you know, whatever. And they just if they don't pay off long enough, I don't think about it anymore. Yeah. So now my goal is I'm pleasing myself on stage. Gross. And, uh, <laughs> no, but like, I'm just trying to have fun and, and push myself and do what I think right. is funny to be the best person or the best comedian that I want to be and not thinking about where this will lead me. Yeah. And what that has led me is to not a career in comedy, but also, you know, I don't feel that kind of pressure. Yeah. Well, I think for me, like it's that, it's, it's that same thing of like, so I've given up is what well, I'm trying to say. But no, <laughs> I don't but know anybody so, that has like. Uh, well, that, uh, I, if you get yeah. rid of the pressure because you're not trying to impress people anymore, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing for me that I, I wanted to have is like I don't want to feel like I need to impress people anymore, yeah. and I've I've made a huge uh, leap in in that sense. But what my realization is like I'm going to be creating my own career. I'm not relying on anybody else to do this. It's probably going to involve a lot of traveling, you know, and that's mm-hmm. just something. But if I'm going to create my own career, then I don't have to worry about oh, what if I 
this someone someone based on one performance doesn't like me or whatever that's that is out the door for me i feel like if you there's certain places you can go where it's like all right well i need to be this kind of comic but uh outside of uh, those places la then Hmm. uh everywhere else you're not gonna have any sort of success that you enjoy if you're not trying to develop your own voice on stage and it it is a weird thing i'll talk about specifics i know that sounds like kind of generic anyone could say that talk but like this pressure to be like a clean comedian and like come up with like a clean eight minutes. I think some people are just like, you know what? That's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. trying to, to do that. And so I'm not going to like, I'm going to be dirty. And if uh, I'm going to say, you know, fuck and talk about fucking. And um, that's who I am. And if I'm funny enough, people will approach me. I mean, it is important to be able to talk without relying on like swear words for punchlines and stuff like this, of course. And, developing a clean six minutes will probably help you but at the same time like don't i mean just you, that should be goal two goal don't, one don't is, yourself. is be yourself yeah i like i like the eddie murphy response to that too it's like if you think it's just cursing go fucking do that go up yeah. there and just say cocksucker and eat boogers or whatever it is <laughs> and see uh see how well that does right. I, I i any comic i know that's dirty i never think it's because they're dirty yeah and maybe yeah. i shouldn't say dirty i should also say like i don't know like uh whatever people want yeah provocative yeah. or like not not polite yeah, or yeah. something like that you know um two pieces of advice uh that i got that uh one is sort of relates to doing sets around town I was doing punch one time and I think it was like my second or third time doing punch and I was talking to uh, Austin stay at home comedy dad Matt Bearden and I was like hey should I I was like hey do you do you want all new stuff for this show because his, his crowds are kind of you know regular all right he's like no not really he's like go ahead and do like one of your you know your uh, greatest hits or whatever for lack of a better term because um, it's like if people come out and they're bringing a friend they're like oh this guy's got this really good joke about bananas yeah. And so when they bring their friends out, they're like wanting you to do the bananas joke. The good stuff. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's okay. Definitely like, you know, mix in some new stuff, but don't feel that pressure to do like new stuff every time. I mean, it's good to always be working on new stuff. And so I think that's, uh, you know, if you have room in a set to do some solid material, like when I first started doing open mics, I would do like one joke up top that I know would work from the previous open mic set. And then the rest of my, three to five minutes uh whatever would be like a new joke and that's kind of how i would try to work on new stuff i would sort of like sometimes just tell a joke that i know works just to get also to get me comfortable on stage because yeah you know when you get that first laugh you can relax a little bit or at least when you're starting when well, you get people on your side yeah that's the other thing too is that people don't realize if you're going to you can say whatever you fucking want to say you can be like all right let's talk about hitler's asshole you know like <laughs> um or whatever if you get people on your side first and you get them to like you, then it's like easier to branch off into like uh, deeper waters, darker yeah. territory, this kind of thing. Some people like to be shocking right up front in like a non-likable way. Right. And yeah. like, that's not going to happen. No, get them um, on your side. Get them to trust you first. Yeah. I mean, but it's also like you can, I don't know, it's, it's a weird... I've gotten people refer to me as being likable on stage, which is like, all right, good. I guess that's what everyone should be. But I don't know like how to... <laughs> that's not something like be likable like how do you do that whatever right. well there's I, I think it's interesting too because like at least you have to be a likable version of what you're trying to be because mm-hmm. you know there's people that are assholes on stage yeah. uh, and they're not it's like I don't are you mad at me the audience member right now I can't tell but then there are people that are professional assholes on stage but it's because like you want to be with them mm-hmm. as they shit on other things or whatever man uh, 
it, full disclosure, when I said people call me likable, I think one person did, and I started calling myself likable. <laughs> I used to host a show with Joe Hafke. bio now. Yeah, I used to host a show with Joe Hafke, and whenever something would go wrong, I'd be like, well, see, Joe's the dynamic. I'm the likable one, <laughs> and you're the one the audience hates. <laughs> Speaking of Hafke, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna throw him under the bus a little bit here. Get him. We were doing a, a Cold Town set, or live at Cold Town one time. No, who, which one is he again? No, uh, sure. he's, done, he's, <laughs> the, he's the one that people love to hate. No. It's Katie, it's Katie Pinger's husband. Oh, I, that's I how you know, know, yeah, I yeah. know that guy. Katie yeah, Pinger's uh, boy toy. Um, he's great. We, we, he was a, we were live at Cold Town, and there was like some dude being a dumb old bro in the crowd. But not during Joe's set, but Joe like launched and went after him like right away. <laughs> and it was, the crowd didn't like it or whatever, but yeah. he kept doing it. And I was like, mm, okay. And then uh, another guy went up there and just like did his set. And it was like a set of like old jokes we've all heard or whatever, but he crushed because he gave a shit. And it was like a, <laughs> a weird thing where it's like, I realize that, you know, I'm not fully throwing Jordan to the bus because sometimes you got to do that. But it is something where it's like attacking the audience unless it's a joke is not going to help you. And yeah. like Joe didn't need that life at Cold Town to go well. You know, he's not like, oh, my career is banking on this. But it is something where I feel like I don't want to, man, I, I try not to complain about like younger people or whatever or greener comedians, but like uh, yeah, but they, you know, attacking the audience is not. No, this is it's a hard, it's place a for that. big hole to dig. Can, can we can we talk about that for a second? Sure. Uh, there is. I, and I'm, you know, I'm not. I haven't been doing this that long, but in some ways, like I think it would help everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, so we had uh, Chris Tellis on uh, last episode, and he was like surprisingly sort of resistant to talking about like what he didn't like in new comics. Mm-hmm. There's I think people think of it as like gauche or something like that, but it's like if you feel that way and yeah. you're going to book people on that basis, you should. Uh, it You'd would steal be. Them. It would be. I'm not saying like better to be mean, but like no, to but get you're that not out there because you're. We're not talking to specific people, or at least mm. they don't know that we're thinking of them. Except uh, Joe Happy. <laughs> except <laughs> Joe Happy. No, but that way people can hear. Oh, this is a bad idea without the, them getting their feelings hurt. Well, exa- the reason why I chose the example with Joe is because Joe's very funny. Yeah. And I wouldn't have. It's not me picking on him because he's my friend. Like, I, uh, if I was calling out like a younger comedian for it, they'd yeah. be like, geez, why does Mac not like this guy? <laughs> oh, uh, also, you're, you're not, at least in conversation, the kind yeah. of person that complains about new comics a lot. I think what I get annoyed with is talking to comics who have been doing it for like eight, nine, ten years or whatever. And then they have all these strong opinions about, like, I wish that the new comics wouldn't do this or that. And it's like, yeah, they don't know. They're not. If they they yeah. would totally listen to you, just be like, that's kind of the principle of this. Podcast. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I try to be pretty approachable with this kind of stuff. I also book a lot of shows in town for whatever reason. <laughs> and by the way, if I, if you're a comedian listening to this who have not been on one of my shows, and if, like, it's I've got, I don't I don't see I don't go to a lot of my son see everybody, so I'm not like. <laughs> If, if you hear this and you're like, hey, I want to do one of your shows, go ahead and tell me or send me a tape uh, or invite me to one of your you're shows. You're opening up. Uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I don't know. I'd like to see it because like I, I, that's the thing too. It's like whenever there's a new really funny person in town, I love it Yeah. because yeah. like, oh great. It's just another name I can add in this rotation that I'm already like, oh God, I can't, I got to book this person again. Like, um, <laughs> like the banter show, you know, it's like 10 comedians every time and I'm like, oh, I got to get new people because like, you know, it's the same people every time. It's great, but then... Uh, 
you know, you you want to work in new people. For no, I think this is great. I think this is something that comics, new comics should know, especially as our scene does get bigger. Mm. And especially if you want to get booked on shows and the booker is not seeing you or not seeing you do well, because if they do, it's occasionally at an open mic. Go ahead and send a tape. And if you don't have a good tape, try to make a good tape and send a tape to or, you know, a, a clip to a YouTube, uh, link to a YouTube I, clip. I book a show. You like send me a tape. It doesn't yeah. even have to be comedy. Just send me tapes of you. Yeah. Well, yeah, Derek, <laughs> Jared, Jared wants to see your dick. But hey. uh, No, but send tapes because you're going to have to get used to that if you want to go do comedy in other towns, if you want to do festivals, if you want to go to whatever. That's the thing with festivals, too. Here's the younger community advice. Festivals, uh, 6% of them are a scam, maybe even more. If you really want to do a city, you can just go to that city and then do a bunch of mics. Now, some festivals are worth it, some are not, but that's something where it's like, now that there's so many, you don't necessarily need to do it. The other piece of advice, sorry, I teased this earlier, but didn't finish it is uh, it was interesting who told it to me I don't he wasn't necessarily giving to me he was just kind of talking but it was, it was Brent Weinbach and Brent Weinbach was talking about going off the cuff or riffing or being afraid to en- engage an audience member you know and like oh I'm going to stop my scripted jokes and it's interesting to think of him giving his advice because I feel like Brent is very scripted like he's or at least planned out mm-hmm. and but he was like at some point you have to trust that you are funny you have to be like I'm a funny person yeah. and this is going to go well and I feel like one way to do it is if you're getting some feedback from the audience, like, and when I say feedback, I mean they're talking to you, like, not heckling, but if they're being, like, talkative or whatever. Um, Bob Kosravi was like, you know what I do? I be nice to them, like a talkie audience member. I just talk to them and I be nice, and eventually they'll give them, like, eventually they'll give themselves enough rope to hang themselves. <laughs> and I feel like that's good advice. Like, if someone's talking to you, I mean, you, you either... Uh, there's I've seen a show recently where someone was just like what the fuck are you talking about anyway <laughs> when chances are the other people couldn't even hear this audience person and that yeah. was insecurity I assume on I the think comedian's was, part like I think it was just like this person is being loud I have to deal with it I gotta shut it down I think you can either just ignore it or if you want to talk to them just be nice wait for them to say something stupid which they yep. will because everyone does and then uh, <laughs> kind of make fun of them for it and yeah. then, but you know I saw you do that at, uh, uh, kind, of, when kind of in a nice way yeah I was having a lot of fun with that yeah yeah um, but it worked also because you didn't look like, like the you asshole. were upset no no mm-hmm. well yeah that too but i was thinking like my technique the you know just maybe this isn't good but for mm-hmm. me is to say kind of meanish things to them in a nice way mm-hmm. like i'm happy to say it because then i felt like you kind of say what you want to say even sometimes a little insulty or draw negative attention to them but the audience doesn't think you're not enjoying it yeah because mm-hmm. i think a lot of times even if you're funny if you're like overly aggressive the audience is like oh he's not he doesn't want to be doing that yeah mm-hmm. and i'm not yeah. trying to like encourage heckling and i've also been in shows where very funny people have targeted on comedians and just ruined the show <laughs> like i remember this one person was talking to david tell i couldn't even hear the person but Dave could I call him Dave because we're friends and um, <laughs> he stopped and just dealt with that person and they should have just escorted him out because it just like afterwards like the momentum just died yeah. in the show and this is David Tell like who makes needs me momentum just too. well I mean like I've laughed to where my face hurt at his shows yeah. like I wanted him to stop because it was like you've, uh, you've done enough yeah <laughs> but I also this is not it doesn't work for everybody there's some comedians that love just shutting people down instantly and that's great but I mean it's something that you can maybe try yeah explore if you're working out with it Good. Well, we're going to have to um, get the, to our last few questions. Oh, yeah. Finally. So what, <laughs> we, I feel this like we've actually had a ton of advice scattered throughout this. So this has been okay, really great. Good. Yeah, but I'm good. still going to ask if there's one more specific piece of advice that you could give to comics in their first or second year. Be patient with yourself. 
you know don't don't measure yourself against other people um mm. also don't you know just go at your own pace and, and that's that kind of thing like you didn't get booked in this festival great you didn't get booked on this other show great like uh just keep at it you know i feel like austin i don't know about outside of austin i feel like we're a semi-lucky town and this is just my perspective and uh i am a person who leases established in austin who is a white bearded dude so please factor that in but yeah, you could um, just shave your beard nah i don't want my nine chins showing up um <laughs> but like uh i do feel like this is a town at least its comedy scene is supportive and wants people to succeed based on uh you know how funny they are and that's the primary motivator but also i feel like we are a town that does you know pay attention to uh diversity in a way to where we're again encouraging of everyone and so i do feel like uh i mean but this is, again in my perspective i don't have everyone's so maybe there's someone who's like no man i can't get booked by these things because i'm you know whatever and it's like well, well that may be true but from my perspective i feel like it's a pretty supportive town and uh look i sound like i was getting mad there <laughs> it's supportive <laughs> be more appreciative no um so i do feel like yeah just be patient with yourself <laughs> and i know it's frustrating because that's a man guy i do i do this all the time i compare myself to other people or i see what other people get so this is also a piece of advice for myself definitely it's just you know you're your own person accept that and uh just try to be funnier and hopefully the rest will take care of itself and if you are frustrated with stuff just keep going like you know put put yourself more into the work and the sooner you find joy in the work, the sooner then other that stuff either will happen or it won't. Um, also, get out of get out of Austin. Yeah, go on the road. It's get real the hell easy. out of yeah. here. Go do an open mic in San Antonio or something like that, or Houston yeah. or Dallas. Arrange some buddies. Go out to you know. There's so many like little yeah. runs you could do. Even if you're doing open mics, you're getting into other cities. Yes, um, yes, you know, yes. Was it on the show that Beard was talking about an Austin accent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. people. I don't know if that's. I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said probably something stupid no uh, <laughs> so yeah be, be nice to yourself but also uh get out of town go yeah, up I and get out of town also, like if you don't uh, forget to add like don't get too down on yourself like if you get booked on like a really good show where two people like banter and you know and you're with Aaron Brooks and you look like a sad retarded person that's okay that's not sure. <laughs> well here's the I thing I just want to address it because <laughs> Brooks is very funny Brooks was not a, a great banter partner because did he ever yeah. ask you one question during that no it was, not, not, it was no. not banter he did he, before, yeah. beforehand he was like dude uh, don't get a, if I, I'm going to try not to steamroll you and we got out there I was like oh my god I'm getting he told you he was going to try yeah. <laughs> also Brooks but, but here's Brooks with the microphone yeah. which is not this is not a, a value judgment but Brooks is like this in the microphone uh-huh. you're like more like here and so that also didn't help yeah because yeah. mario was like bartending and there's two mics he doesn't have time to like remix yeah and so that also contributed to the steamroller because you'd be like i have an opinion and brooks would be like uh anyway. it's, i masturbated into a <laughs> <Yeah>. pumpkin <laughs> but he, uh, did, he did that thing too where he's like he's just really good at riffing like really yeah. good so it would be like he would do his thing and it would be like this concerto and then it would go to me and i'm like doing that yeah oh, wait, wait, wait 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 you know yeah jared well, I, he, you know, thought that there would be a back and forth and yeah. we'd be able to get somewhere. <laughs> Instead, it was just like, Jared's like, well, okay, here's but, the topic. And then Aaron, punchline, next. But, okay. uh, but but to be fair, and the reason I brought that up, because part of what you said was sort of like, don't, don't, like, don't worry about the things that are kind of beyond your control. Yeah. The truth is, yeah. is that a better comic would have been able to do that yeah. with Aaron. I want to be that comic. So right. I'm you not going to, you, you know, did everything I wanted you to do, which was, um, I feel like in the, so I host this banter show and 
I think some of the mistakes that people make is they're like, they get a prompt and they try to, it's, it's like it gives you prompts and you riff on them. And some people try to make a joke instantly. Yeah. Whereas I, I think I, you get more success if you, and this, I, this is a, uh, this show is a complete exercise in trusting that you're funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think the way to do it is you speak honestly about it and, uh, or you sort of like, do, how do I feel about this topic? And then you will probably say something funny within 30 seconds because yeah. you're a funny person. And, uh, or, you know, you have some funny back and forth. And not to say, like, if you don't think of a joke instantly, like, uh, you know, go for it. Why not? But um, I think it's a show where, and you, you guys did that. And that was yeah. that was great. Well, also, I was like, we were getting laughs. Like, it was Aaron generating. But I was yeah. like, that's that's yeah. good. Like, that's yeah. that, it's overall a success. Your team still did well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's the way to go. Like, there's, we did this, we did a show like it one time where, uh, when Joe Hafkin and I host that show, Jazz Cigarette, we had an anniversary show. We invited other people to come up and riff. And some people were like, you guys are a great team. Other people was like, this is a competition between these two. <laughs> like Eric Krugan and uh, what's his name? Lucas Milan. What's his name? Like, I can't think of. Anyway, <laughs> Lucas Milan has went up and they're both very funny. Well, and they were definitely. Said you said his name and then you said, what's his name? Yeah, Lucas, what's his name? <laughs> um, I remember, uh, they're both like hilarious individuals. And they were definitely like, this is a competition between Eric and Lucas right now. And yeah. It was mm-hmm. Still as an, uh, enjoyable tonight's member, but a little hectic. Yeah. No, I thought because the first time I did it, it was me and Vanessa and it was really fun that way. It like it opened oh up man that was a classic one because uh, you guys started off friendly and then you well go ahead what were you gonna say well no i, I she and i didn't really know each other before then yeah. and we've become friends since then and it's been really nice no but i felt like with that show it, it, it was way more like we were bantering with each other mm-hmm. like we were going back and forth whereas a little rhythm opened up in this last one where it seemed more like people were taking turns and instead of like really bantering and mm. i think it's more fun with the riffing when you really do open up a dialogue i think that's what's cool about the show is that you can actually because it can be better or worse it can uh, like you can have two people that you would never have thought yeah would be like be have an occasion to be on stage it's fun to see whatever yeah yeah it, that one was great because after you guys got comfortable um <laughs> they were talking about i think the problem was like what do you waste money on and vanessa was talking about <laughs> Something she spends money on, and you were like, "Yeah, that's not smart. Don't do that. That's you're bad at finance." <laughs> it's like, it funny to hear. It's like, "Oh, I love it," because <laughs> it's nice when people disagree too. Yeah. There was one thing where Avery Moore and Andrew Rose is both very, very funny people. Andrew Rose was in my uh, groomsman of my wedding, but they just agreed with each other the whole time, and because like totally, yeah, and, and all they did because Avery is very fun and Andrew's very fun, and they're fun together. It was like an all marshmallow Lucky Charms. Yeah, I just like so. It was like too sweet. I just came on stage. Was like, I'm on, I feel like I'm on drugs watching you guys because it's just like. It's Wait, like it was it was Avery and who? Andrew, Andrew Roses. Roses. Oh yeah, and it just was like it was like Molly or something, which I've never done. But like I just it was like you. You're, I feel like I'm like I can taste your shirt. Like I'm <laughs> tripping right now. You need to like have some sort of like they were just like. It's like, uh, the riff is going to mall. It's like, I like going to mall. Mall has it all. And Andrew would be like, ah, it's your desk. And then she like, ah. And just, they were liking, they were having too much fun just with each other. And I was like, no, do a little bit of negativity, please. Um, well, we've gotten quite derailed uh, with oh, that yeah, question. That was two, great, though. Uh, it's, I almost followed that. Uh, if you could go back and give yourself advice, mm-hmm. let's say a year in, what do you say? Is it similar? Just like, uh, don't well, take I wish it my, you know, I have one, you know, I wish I had started earlier, but I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know yeah. that stand-up was a thing you could do. Yeah. Like, um... Me too. Uh, one year in... No, I mean, I'm pretty happy, honestly. I mean, uh... 
I did sort of put a lot of things on a pedestal that I didn't need to put. Um, like the idea of like leaving Austin to do shows I was like, what? I mean, I could have done that more or something. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was kind of, this sounds really like a weird, uh, ornery old man thing to say, but Austin comedy was different seven years ago. There was yeah. only like two or three book shows. Excuse me. There was like one other book show and then the, you know, there's only like three open mics really. Yeah. And so it was like a, um, you know, it, it was a different, uh, there wasn't as, as much uh, opportunity for stage time as there is now. So I don't know. I don't know if I have any advice for myself. That's a bad answer. I remember I didn't get booked on a show until a year in, which I feel like people are getting booked on shows like six months now or something like that or not even. But well, just, there are more, there are more shows, shows now. Yeah. yeah, which is fine. You know, I, I know people are like, there's some shows that shouldn't exist. Sure. But, you know, also if people want these things and they fail, um, I think it's all right. Like, I know people, I think Bearden was talking about it. Maybe it hurts comedy overall. And it's like, yeah, but comedy will recover. Comedy's I, fine. I, I don't yeah. think he can be mathematically right, but yeah. I th- because my, I mean, I really smart guy. I was just trying to like figure it out because I don't think most of the time when people you're like, I most of the people I know who go to comedy shows, I, I almost think it's, it's he and the sure thing guys have, are doing a rare thing, which is they've built an audience and yeah. people, and they actually do have opinions about comedy. Most of the people that I've gotten on my show have never gone to a comedy show before, mm-hmm. so I it's not like they were gonna have gone. To a show before, and if that makes sense, mm-hmm. they you know it, it, there's a sea of people in Austin that have never been to live comedy, and unless they have an occasion to do so, they're never gonna go. Yeah, you know. So if anything, yeah. like I think a new show that may not be bad, at least it's like getting people. Yeah, out. for every three people we turn off, we're getting seven people that are like that was at least not bad. Yeah, it's probably fine. If you really wanted me to complain, you would have asked me about show promotion, the most boring thing in the world, because <laughs> I do, I do raise my eyebrow at other people's show. Prom- promotion all the time um, in terms of them not doing it well not doing it well but that's like a it's like the weird I don't know what do you call it it's the the curse of comedy of doing shows is like oh now I have to be a marketing expert yeah. as yeah, well yeah. I didn't get into stand up to boost Facebook posts you know that's yeah not wait I well I mean so we don't have much time but I, I wish we'd asked you about this earlier can you give us some quick advice about show promotion yeah, your goal is to get people you don't know to do your show. Mm-hmm. Your goal is not to get to your friends. It's to get to people you don't know. And if you're doing a show that is not for... You don't think someone off the street would enjoy it, then yes, maybe change some things. I wouldn't say, like, quit your show or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, change it. And so look at the ways that, like, other events promote and copy those things. Like, how did you... Like, what's a non-comedy event that you found out about? How did they promote it? Try to do those things on a budget, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, if you're getting paid to do a show, you should promote it. Also, give give other comedians tools to promote your show. So um, if your show's on a Wednesday, maybe email people the weekend and be like, hey, guys, we've got a great show coming up. Like, here's some links you can use. And if not every... Also, be okay when other people don't promote it because that's another way to, like, quickly get bitter. Like, how come you didn't promote my show at this coffee shop that shouldn't exist because yeah. no one there knows there's a comedy show. It's like, well, your show's bad. Like, don't yeah. expect... I'm not putting that shit on my feet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, also, yeah, it's difficult because... I'm not ruining my Facebook algorithms. Yeah, oh, don't, yeah, don't. I, and you only have so many friendships that you can cash in and yeah. even if they're not, like, good friends or whatever, just, like, putting it on your feed, like, people are only going to come to so much, so tell them, like, well, I don't you know, know I want them to come to this. And that's the thing, like, other if you are going to heavily promote on Facebook, then go ahead and create a Jared McCorkle comedian account because if you're just pitching to your own friends yeah then you're going like i i have a mac blake 
page and I have a Mac Blake Facebook account, I try not to use my Facebook account to promote shows. I try to use my page because then it's like, if you're just inviting your friends, it's like cannibalism. Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're, it's not, it's not helping. Like if you think like, Oh, my friends will invite their friends. Like some people, but probably they'll just get sick of you promoting nonstop talking about this thing that they barely know about. This is of course, assuming you're starting out and you still have non-comedy friends, which will go away at some point. Mm -hmm. I remember people used to joke about that when I started out, they'd be like, Oh, you have friends that don't do comedy? You haven't done comedy enough. I'm like, no, what? Uh, shut up. Like, that's not true. But I definitely reached the point where I was like, yeah, all my friends are comedy people. Like, it happened. <laughs> now I feel like I'm coming on the other side where I'm starting to get other yeah, non-comedy friends again, which good. feels good. feels mm-hmm. good yeah. to be like, oh, what do you do? Nothing to do with comedy? <laughs> Thank you. I had a, not that they're uh, as funny as most of my comic friends, but I hung out with a few of my old friends, a few of my musicians and stuff. And I was like amazed by the fact that every time they were funny, just for the love of the game yeah. <laughs> no, they weren't trying to like impress anybody or even in their own head like they said the funny thing and they're like could that maybe I could do something yeah uh, maybe that would be good. I usually charge people after I <laughs> deliver a particularly good one walk <laughs> um, last question and uh, you're a nice guy so I know you're not gonna well, be well it's the same to the last question right? yeah, yeah. oh I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah, my last question I guess. Um, what, what's something that you you wanna be uh, you just wanna be you change it magic wand in Austin comedy, change anything. Oh man, I, oh, I thought about this and I forgot about it. Cause we were originally <laughs> supposed to do this earlier, and I couldn't do it because I was a jerk or something. Um, change one thing in Austin comedy. Let me think about that. Can we yeah. go to the next question? Well, the last question that we do is endorsements. No. Okay, well then, uh, change oh, one thing about question. Well, you know, you say, what do you endorse? Well, yeah, let me, yeah, let me you ask this. This magic wand, is this changing the behavior of comedians or just changing anything about it? It could be anything. It's, it's open-ended. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, I think what's most helpful is if you tell things, if you tell people to, what to do change, but, but yeah, or at least say what you'd like. But, you know, it's just what it. Uh, you know, I, I would say, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I like it. A lot here. I'd say that people, if you're doing shows, to try and think about the audience and see if they're enjoying it. I'd also love it if there was more industry and opportunity here and this kind of thing. But I think also you have to create your own opportunities, like you know Ariel said, like this kind of thing. It'd be great if the few opportunities that there were here supported comedy more. I'm not trying to put Charlie Sattel on blast, but South by, you know, just having local Austin people like host shows is not really helping anybody. But then again, I don't know if South South by is like. It's not like with, you know, the, this myth of South by is a place to go and where you get like, this person's going to break open or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a place that could, you know, be awesome to get some more local people on there. Um, I don't know. I mean, and it's also, but also, you know, don't think that Austin is the answer to your comedy prayers. Like, don't think that you're going to, like, making it in Austin isn't making it in L.A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I went FPIA. I went out there. It didn't mean nothing, which, you know, I, I kind of knew. And, um so yeah, I mean, at some point, your your goal, and especially with the contests, like people make a huge deal out of, out of uh, funniest person Austin contest, and it's it could be a big deal. Um, when I was first starting out, it was the only show that I would do, like that was not an open mic, so it was a big deal to me. Uh, but um, but yeah, you know, just uh, I don't know. I would change my answer to this question. <laughs> no, you had a lot of answers that okay, worked. Good. That worked great. <laughs> All right. So last last thing is endorsements, and I did not really do my homework, so I'm just going to go with um, that. If any comics have not seen Ellen's Here and Now special. Do yourself a favor. It's just. That's, why are you upset about that? Like, because I feel like a lot of people. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people don't watch 
I don't I don't know it's just so it's so good and I don't I just don't I feel like an asshole being like you should watch Ellen like of course that would be what I would recommend but it's, no, so but it's interesting because I think I definitely think of Ellen as like a sort of a, a talk show. Right. A lot of people don't know that she even like has these great HBO <laughs> yeah. specials. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't make me want to go look up her old comedy. Like right. Michael Priest was talking about the, a David Spade special that was really good. And I was like, David Spade? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. he's not someone that like, I got to see this guy's stuff. Yeah. Right. Have also, you ever I, seen Here and Now? No. I also don't know that that space special is that good. I've, I've seen I never saw it either. Which yeah. is funny yeah. that I've seen it, it and I thought it more like, I could see parts of it that are good, but it, mm-hmm. it really felt more like, oh, remember how 90s comedy used to be. Michael Priest, your opinion is stupid. Just in this case. Just in this case. <laughs> <laughs> and about James Comey. Anyway, okay. All right. Uh, Jared. <laughs> um, the, God, I wish I knew uh, the name of it, but the... Oh, the Lucas Brothers. I don't know the, the name of the, the thing. It's really, really... The Netflix one? Really good, yeah, It's yeah. called uh, Lucas Brothers on Drugs. So good. It's good in my... like Because, one, they have a few like little conceits that are funny, but like mm. uh, it's it's like... Uh, I hate to say it, but twins seem kind of gimmicky to me, but it... In general. It doesn't, but it doesn't feel like that on stage. It, the, the Scalar Brothers and them, like I have to admit, like both of them, like this is... I don't know how... I don't know how this does work. It seems like it would be like tedious, and you just kind of forget that. I just don't like, like twins. Yeah, well, it is well, something where yeah. people would view it as a gimmick. There's these very funny comedians out of Chicago that just moved to LA, the Putterboss Sisters, mm-hmm. and they're so funny. But people would be like, "Oh, what, two sisters are talking on stage at the same time. How do I book this?" It's like <laughs> you book it like any other. Act. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like they're so funny, and it's like I don't know why they're not. A nationally touring Putterboss? Right. Putterboss. P-U-T-R-B-A-U-G-H. I got a second endorsement U-G-H. just on this thing. Uh, uh, sub, Team Submarine, like, they're all but gone. But those two albums they did, just similar. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not familiar with these. Like yeah, you got to check. Uh, you, you know who um, Nate Fernhold is? No. So mm-hmm. he just had a Comedy Central special. He used to write for Pete Holmes. He does some funny stuff. He's hilarious, uh, but he used to be a, a kind of absurdist stand-up comedy duo mm-hmm. thing. Can't remember the other guy's name, unfortunately. It's like... Some Irish like Patty O'Brien or something like that. You've but, done enough for him, Team Yeah, 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 yeah. Team Sunday. <laughs> but it really is good, and it's a good example of something you don't see, which is like people who are making their act uh, uh, comedy duo. Uh, Ralphie and Michael could yeah. do that. That yeah, could yeah. be their professional Ralphie career. Ralphie Michael Folk. You think? I don't know if it would be they would be satisfied to do that, but there is some of the two people. I like, love them. I together, love to yeah. watch them. Like this is this is stand up comedy, like polished act They're level great. funny. They're but Michael and Ralph are both super funny and super likable. Yeah. Um, on stage, like I. I've heard their jokes before, but I enjoy listening to them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how I judge likability. Is like yeah. has nothing to do with what you're saying. Um, <laughs> no, but also when they've been on the banter show, they've both been. This is going to sound weird. Both been very giving partners, <laughs> and so I feel like they're great for that sort of duo comedy because they definitely are listening. Yeah, yeah, improv skills. Uh, yeah, it, it which is the- funny because. Ralph has never done improv as far as I know. Right, but it, he has that, that improv yeah. attitude of like help your scene partner yeah. it's, and listen. It was just, it raises the question why that isn't more of a like artistic avenue for people who want to be. Yeah, let's all do, do improv. No, no, I meant uh, oh. the idea of doing. Duo. I, I only see people do it on as hosting mm. with, no, with, with like we True. have to do this or like oh, oh, we'll kind of do it. But like it's it could be a legitimate artistic outlet. Okay. Mm. Oh, endorsements. Official um, endorsement. I like endorsements, stuff that have, uh, like the Rory Scovel special, that new one mm-hmm. is great and everyone's talking about it, so it doesn't need my endorsement. Mm-hmm. But oh, it definitely I endorsed is. it last week anyway. <laughs> so what? I endorsed it last week oh. anyway. Well, it's definitely something where um, that's a dude doing what he thinks is funny, and I appreciate that. Uh, 
Joe Mandy released an album and it was called the Bitch Face Mixtape. And it had like little like audio skits. It's great. Kind of like a hip hop album. Yeah. It had sort of like a Mandy bitch face And like, like got all these radio personalities and celebrities. And it's so funny because it's like this person's doing their own thing. One comedy album that I thought was great, and I listened to it, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is amazing," or it's just so solid. And then it didn't really take off. Was uh, "My Brave Battle" by Jared Logan is a very funny comedy album, uh, in my opinion. Uh, it made me laugh a whole bunch. I, it was one of the well, before I recorded. Sorry, I got a little coke nose. Uh, before I recorded <laughs> my album, I was like, "I'll do some research and buy a bunch of comedy albums and listen to it." And his album was one that stood out to me. It's like, gosh, this is so funny. Such a funny like album or whatever. Anyway, My Brave Battle is also a funny title for... Not Cancer. Was it not Cancer? <laughs> well, you know, because it's like, uh, what are... What's uh, your entire my entire ouvre in like two words? It's like uh, it's like hilarious problems, <laughs> you know, like uh, that aren't really problems. And yeah. so to call out like, oh, this is my brave struggle <laughs> against talking about the Avengers movie with my friends. Like, you know, yeah, that's great. Anyway. Cool. I look forward to all of these. And things. also, anything that I do is great. Uh, Mac Blake. Uh, bird drugs. I'm a dot. I'm a dot gov now. I'm Mac Blake dot gov. No, I'm not. We'll in, we'll uh, endorse all your shit. Oh, outro. thanks. Don't worry. It is, it is pure we'll, shit. We'll so thank push, you for we'll referring push, to it as such. Well, you know it's I mean. great. We'll push your beautiful works of art. And, uh, thank you for calling them art and respecting me as an artist. <laughs> I do. All right. Thanks. Thanks, great. Mac. Thank you, guys. Sorry, I talked so long. <laughs> Well, that was awesome. Uh, thanks for sticking with us through the whole episode. If you want more from Mac Blake, you can go to MacBlakeComedy.com where you can find both his album, Bird Drugs, and his EP, Live at Cold Town. Um, you know, support local artists. Do that. If you want to see Jared tonight. And you do. They do. Then, <laughs> they want to. Well, we're going to compete because you can see you can see Jared, see Jared, see Jared tonight, tonight at nine at the Alamo that's on West Anderson Rock, doing a free yeah. show there. And if you want to see me, this is really the better option. You should come to the new movement <laughs> at nine thirty uh, for my off script show, where you can of course heckle the comics, and we have free drinks and both. prizes. Split I your mean, friends in half. I mean, I also, guess also this you, is your show too. Yeah, but it's only my show. The Alamo show to which Jared is referring like, is only my show. The fourth Friday. It's Thursday like gonna. It's gonna be one of those things where we just help each other. We're scratching each other's backs. Laughter happens. It's hilarious. But I scratch no one's back on the first Thursday of the month when my show happens. So That's come, have all the comics, and. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, on the 8th on Saturday you can see Jared at Sure Thing at 8 o'clock of course and it's free of course you want to get there early because it is always standing room only and I don't know about y'all but my back hurts after about 10 minutes of that um, cool and next week's episode is we are going to have a comic from New York City named Jeff Zimmerman so be excited for that International.